Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing on this Monday evening? I hope everyone was able to check out the really cool-looking Christmas star. Uh, it's the closest that Jupiter and Saturn have been in about 800 years, which is pretty darn cool. And also, of course, welcome to episode 207 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, these streams do get uploaded as podcasts later on. I do want to say... We have, of course, our Chosen of Valhalla with us tonight. And before I introduce them, for anyone watching on YouTube, please know that most of the time is going to be focused on my Chosen, talking about various films, TV, and other things that they want to talk about. And so because of that, and because I don't want to fall too crazy far behind in the chat, but still want to show some attention and love to the chat, it's going to be essentially a members-only uh, chat tonight. So I'll only be reading members' comments and questions, and just do know members, though, I might fall behind, as I normally do. And I have updated the little scrolling bar at the bottom, just so that way everyone remembers I'm not ignoring you on purpose. It's just because... That's what we do. Normally, we do this on Sunday in the afternoon, Eastern Time. But obviously, family is coming around every single day, it seems. And so, therefore, it has had an impact. But joining me tonight are indeed my chosen. We'll start going round the horn, starting off with the wonderful Zikayman. Zikayman, how's it going? Good, sir. I'm doing good. How's everybody else doing? Oh, we're <laughs> doing just fine. Just fine. What you been up to? Uh, pretty much... Uh... Uh, since I literally, since this past Friday, I've had off, and I'll be off until this coming Sunday, which is the first time in years. Nice. I've actually, actually had a whole nice. week off for Christmas, uh, going back and forth between writing on a book and doing some early sort of like house hunting for whenever I get ready to move this coming summer. Nice. Very cool. And I, and I did see earlier today... Um, I believe this is in your neck of the woods. There was like a crazy storming of the castle situation going on. Yeah, where... There's always something. <laughs> there was there was a group of people that had essentially stormed uh, like a government building earlier today. I don't know if you had seen this in the news or not. I'm not sure about that one. I, I okay. know almost every night they trying to storm the both the ice facility and uh, there's one of the uh, main police headquarters as well that they're mm. constantly trying to break into and burn down and whatever else. Okay. I know that this was, it was not Antifa. It was actually a, a right-wing group instead, which was what made it even more interesting. Um, huh. But yeah, it, it's, uh, I know uh, Tim Poole had covered it earlier in one of his videos, but I was like, I was watching some videos and I'm like, that's, this is crazy. This is some crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but glad everything that is going fine where you are, good sir. Uh, everything going good, but that's probably the reason why I didn't hear about it is because they, <laughs> they don't like the, talking about anybody on the right too much around here. Oh, yeah. See, this would be one of those times where they would because in the case, see, look at how violent and evil they are. Well, thank you for being here, good sir. Always glad to have you. Thank you. All right, we also have the wonderful, the beautiful, the empress of the universe, Tina. She is one of my Valkyrie. How's it going, Tina? I'm doing well, thank you. Merry Christmas and yes. belated happy Hanukkah to mm -hmm. those who celebrate that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and, and Tina is a wonderful person, and I always just have to point that out. <laughs> 
because especially tonight, she she is going to be doing some kind of double duty uh, because our other Valkyrie, the captain, uh, Steph, she will might be here a little bit later, but she, of course, is taking care of some holiday shopping. And that, of course, takes priority because, as we all know, family is priority number one. And so, obviously, that is very important. But Tina is here. She is going to have a ton of fun, as she always does. And I always have more fun because of that very reason. And she's also going to be looking at the chat, as I will, too, tonight as well. So, thank you for being here, Tina. Oh, I'm very happy to be back. Always, always, always. And last, but certainly not least, we've got the mother of the channel. We've got the modern major (laughs) general of the channel. We've got a person who gave me beardaments which I cannot find, and I would have had in my beard tonight, but in the move, move, I have misplaced them. If I find them, I will definitely wear them for at least a video or potentially for tomorrow's stream, since tomorrow will be the last stream uh, of uh, potentially, I guess, not the last stream of 2020. It might be. I haven't done the math on it. But anyway, we got Laura, Ryan stole my fan fiction story slash waiting for an erotic. Laura, how's it going? (laughs) I think it's time for another name change. We come up with something. <laughs> Hello, Merry Christmas! It yes. snuck up on me. Did it sneak up on anybody else? Because I was, yes. I looked at the calendar day and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> this year has been insane. Because uh, my dad's birthday was just the other day, and I was like, "I think it took me up until just now to realize that my dad's birthday is five days before Christmas." Like in my head, it's oh, always no. it's always been December twenty, December twenty, and now I'm like, "Wait a minute." That is five days before Christmas. Where has my brain been the last 32 years of my life? Yeah, I I feel really bad because um, there's only two of us left in the office. And all of the girls who do the keeping of the birthdays and stuff like that are gone. (gasps) And it was my co-worker's birthday the other day. Oh, no. Thankfully, (laughs) I, I keep... I keep little presents hidden in my cabinet just in case something like that happens. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's I was brilliant. Like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us once again in California time. And this is I guess is it is it better or is it worse? I don't I don't I don't quite know uh, compared to oh, the Sunday. No. <laughs> Give me a great excuse to take the day off. I was like Ooh. I have important things to handle this afternoon. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> out i'm out of here well thank you for being here once again and also uh absolutely we did have rosetta allen on with us earlier uh but she's not feeling too well so please thoughts and prayers out to rosetta allen and also a happy early birthday to her as it will be coming up this weekend I thought you were about to say something, Tina, so that's why I paused. Oh, I was getting ready to say uh, all these birthdays and everything popping up. Uh, Tippy Tail McKitty said his uh, or her grandmother just turned 93. Wow. wow. Well, that's awesome. Fantastic. Absolutely. It's just amazing how old people get these days. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> uh, before getting into the chat, to say hello to some people before diving in to uh, some of the discussions that we'll be having this evening. Uh, shout out to Buck 76 for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgard level. He heard what I had to say. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to become a member then <laughs> because I, I'm going to have my comments heard. <laughs> and also a shout out to Rosetta Allen for the $2 super chat says, sorry, I couldn't make it. Hugs and love you guys. Well, Merry Christmas, Rosetta. And again, a happy, happy early birthday to you. All right, let's go ahead and see who is in the chat tonight. We, of course, got Tina pulling double duty. She was in the chat first. Pat S., who's a member, says, how am I on this? I don't know, Pat S. 
question. I'm not quite sure. I can't answer that for you. Uh, Brian Barth is in the chat. Zakay Man is also in the chat as well. He was up here earlier. Uh, let's see. We got Bruce in the chat. Alex McCarthy, or as I like to call him, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., as that is his name on Subscribestar. Howdy, good sir. He says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? How's the Thor and pizza? Uh, no pizza today. Thor is wonderful. Gave him his bath oh. beforehand. We got some cool pictures. It's it's all of us together. Or I mean, obviously, we, we had to split turns. But it's us and baby Thor looking at the star. Uh, looking at the quote-unquote star. So Very cool. Yeah, I was like, you know what? It's the first time this has happened or it's been this close in 800 years. This is history. He won't remember it. But we'll be able to, you know, always share that memory with him. Very All right. Cool. Gmuggy76, how's it going? Glad to see you here. Hyperin X13 in the in the chat. Nathan Slay here too. Uh, as Tina had mentioned earlier, Tippy Tail McKitty is also in the chat as well. Uh, Matthew Highland in the chat. How is it going? Uh, Tina Bojan, what's going on, Tina Bojan? Glad to see you here. And yes, Tina did indeed mention something. So if you are just joining us this evening, make sure first you smash that like button. But also, uh, if you do uh, join here tonight, uh, the only questions and comments that will be read out loud, except for this first introduction of people who are here, uh, will just be members only. So I'm not trying to skip over people or anything like that. It's just so that I can have more time and focus on The Chosen, because it is their night uh, all right, let us see. Uh, even Dragon... Good. Yeah, go ahead, Laura. The people who are members, do we get a jacket? You see, <laughs> gold a jacket, jacket, green jacket, who gives a... I, I need to... Yes, if I could find out a way to create members-only jackets, that would be tops right there. It'd be so sweet. No one else is doing that. That's a great idea. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'll have to write that down next to one of the last things I wrote down, which is a film I still need to see, and it's called Frankenstein Island. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> I still need to see it. And I had told a bunch of you on Discord that um, Rift Tracks had some of their movies on sale, and Frankenstein Island was one of them. <gasps> I think I may have missed that one. Oh. That's awesome. I think they're running another sale. You might check. But yeah, if anybody wants Frankenstein Island, go on Rift Tracks' website and see if it's still for sale. The real question is... The perfect stocking stuffer. Exactly. (laughs) I was going to say, does anyone actually want Frankenstein Island? I mean, maybe. (laughs) Based on your glowing (laughs) review of it, I imagine that everyone... Much more than Parasite, though. I can say that much. Uh, At least coming from Tina. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm getting my Valkyrie for Christmas. Uh, oh, that would be so neat. <laughs> and then I'll uh, send a picture of me doing target practice at it. And say, take, that, take that parasite. She's at the she's at the shooting range, and it's just like it's just like just like a video of her, and it's just like Tina being so sweet and everything. Then she puts the. <laughs> She puts the earmuffs on. She puts the the safety goggles on, and then she just takes like a nine millimeter and just like unloads into it. And it's like, oh yes, that'd be fantastic. That Take could be that your first video. Picture of what? Take that best picture of whatever year you came out. <laughs> that would actually be a great video to start your channel, Tina. I'm just gonna put it out there. Oh gosh! You want my review of Parasite? Here's my review of Parasite. Here's my review of Parasite. <laughs> and then you just turn around and be like, "Stay tuned for more." <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, an incredible promo. I think everyone on this channel would say, "Yes, I want more of it." 
Uh, let's see. Pat S says, have fun storming the castle. Yes, indeed. Uh, Fat Steven Seagal beat up CDPR. <laughs> Always changing the name every time. Oh, that's great. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to you. Good, sir. Uh, JKD Buck says, I'm a member now. My birthday present. Is it your birthday too, JKD Buck? Well, happy birthday. Uh, let's see. Hamilton Burger, welcome to the chat. Glad to see you here. Uh, Bryant Barth, I don't remember if I got you. Soul Assassin is here as well. Uh, let's see. Rose G12. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Is there any other names that I'm missing? Titans in the chat as well. Peter Hands in the chat as well. And do, 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 do. and then just a couple of member comments. We got Jake at Ebuck76 saying, 2020, the year of crud. Yes, this is a true statement. It is indeed the year of crud. However, it will always be a great year for me because it's the year my son was born. So at Aww. least there's that. Pat S says, you can give your dad his birthday present and tell him it's his Christmas present and his birthday present. Pat S, how did you know what I did? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did. And actually, I got him because he's also a fan of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. When we were younger, he would actually read us The Hobbit um, often and would read us also Lord of the Rings. And so I got him the extended edition Blu-rays of, of Lord of the Rings because now that the 4Ks are out, my dad does not have 4K player. He, he wouldn't know what the difference is anyway. But now the uh, extended edition Blu-rays are all – it's on sale, uh, like $30 off from what it normally is. So I was able to get him that for his birthday slash Christmas present. Oh. Part one. Part one. Uh, JKD Buck 76 says, My wife asked what I wanted for my birthday. I said a membership. Nice, JKD Buck. Uh, Alice McCarthy put in the, Okay, okay, okay. Images. <laughs> Always appreciate that, good sir. Thank you. Just Joe 47 welcome to the chat. And let us see. Alex McCarthy, Christmas star made me feel wise, but not in my movie opinions, of course. Well, we already knew that, Alex McCarthy. I mean... <laughs> You're just you're just a lost cause, good sir. Uh, JKD Buck seventy six. That laugh, I love it. Talking about Tina, uh, Fat Steven Seagal beat up CDR CDPR says, "Can I have a bacon jacket? Is that a jacket made out of bacon? Because if that's the case, I think all of us deserve bacon jackets. Mm-hmm. We can wear it and eat it at the same time." And that sounds just wonderful. Jennifer Wingster in the chat. Pod Racing Palpatine in the chat. Dean Approved in the chat as well. Orange Chat Reviews says, I would take it. I just wouldn't use it for the same thing. I would use it for a private getaway for the Phantom Menace. Nice, good sir. And Pat says, our members only jackets could be members only jackets. <laughs> Quite the observation, my friend. Yes. I need uh, epaulets on my jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Shing, what's going on, Shing? I know that we were talking a little bit on Twitter. Thank you for the advice. I appreciate it. And then Dean Approved dropped a super chat. Thank you, Dean Approved. Says, Odin, how are you? I'm downloading Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, boy. Good luck, man. That's all I can say to you, Dean Approved, is good luck. Uh, all wow. I've, all I've heard is just how insane and crazy um, that game is, and not in a good way. So, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. I've caught up with everybody over there. So, just as a reminder, if you're just coming in, I'm only reading members' comments from this point forward. Perth Comics, what's going on? I just saw your name pop up in the chat. And let's go ahead and go down the line and talk to our chosen about what they have been watching slash consuming recently. And we'll go in reverse order this time. Laura, what you been watching? Uh, caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unpredictable, you see. 
had a mouthful of wine. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh Lord. Just don't uh, don't spill the good wine. Don't spill the good wine. I know it's, <laughs> it is good wine actually. Oh. Um. Okay. So yeah, obviously the Mandalorian. Mm. Um. But I don't know how much you know. I'll leave it up to you how much you want to talk about it. You know, with spoilers. At, and at this point, I cannot protect people, but I will say, <laughs> spoiler warning, spoiler warning. All right, continue. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, I was completely thrown off guard. I, mm-hmm. I don't really get much into spoilers yeah. and stuff. So I was, the minute I, I saw the X-Wing, I was like, get out. Yeah. I, I guess jumped up I, out of my chair. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I guess before we go further, I should have double-checked. ZK Man, are you caught up on the Mandalorian slash do you care? Uh, you can talk about whatever. Okay. I do need to catch up on it, but I'm cool with some okay, I just wanted to double check <laughs> with that because we can totally go uh, spoiler free if needed. Uh, have you seen any of the major spoilers online by chance? Maybe. Yeah, I've seen a few. Of them, okay, so okay, maybe. all right. Sorry, I just, I just wanted to double check. I just wanted to make sure. All right, sorry. So, Laura, please continue. Yeah, the X Wing. Insane. Look of concern on your face. You're just like, oh, oh. Because <laughs> I was just realizing I saw his mic muted. And I'm like, oh no, did he just like just go away and and just gonna wait for us to stop talking? And so I just wanted to double check. Uh, I had to check on something. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> well, please continue, I, Laura. Yeah, so, you know, I'm watching the episode. And I, I don't know why. I don't know where I thought the episode was going. Um, I I just kind of uh, saw, I saw the X-Wing and I just I just freaked out. I think I screamed. I was like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was funny how when you watch people's reactions, like everybody got it like at a different point. Like, some people, when they saw the X-Wing, they didn't really put it together. And, like, because at the beginning, he's kind of fighting in the hallway, and it's gray, and it's grainy, and you can't really see what's going on. And just watching different reaction videos, the, the point at which people finally figured it out, it was it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. But, um, yeah, I just, I was just kind of in shock. And I didn't really get emotional for some reason until I saw R2. Mm. I was just like, oh, my God, this is so great. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I yeah. felt like there was different moments that got different people. Like for some, it was the X-Wing. For others, it was when he was walking down the hall and you could see his hands. Because that was like the first – like I, as I was watching the episode, I was confused because I'm like, an X-Wing? They're not going to bring Luke back. That would just – that wouldn't make sense. And the whole time I'm like, wait a minute. When does this even take place? Like I was so confused. I was like, is this after the Return of the Jedi? Is this – after the last, Je- I mean, like, is this after the terrible Last Jedi film? Like, I was so confused because I'd forgotten it was five years after uh, the events of Return of the Jedi. Okay. And so, the, as soon as I saw his hands and I saw one had a glove on it, I'm like, oh. And then the green lightsaber, oh. And then I was like, but I was still so confused because, like, but how are they going to pull this off? And of course, I won't go too far into it. But then, the, when the hood came yeah. off, I just went, oh, because <laughs> I was like, it's great that they tried it, but. Oh, anyway, uh, what were your thoughts so what, on that? <laughs> what came out today was that, um, I think it was Clownfish TV, mm-hmm. was that that actually was Mark Hamill. So they tried to de-age his face. Oh, that it was a terrible job. If that's yeah. de-aging, because, I mean, I, I was very confident it wasn't because it was so bad. If that is their attempt at de-aging, good Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously him flipping around and, and killing stuff, that was yeah. uh, somebody else. But the thing that did bother me, though, is when you see when he's walking down the hallway and it's just him 
with uh, his robe on, he kind of like sashays a bit. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's walking with some dude. And I was like, that's not very Luke Skywalker-ish. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and and the whole time, too, because I know we had mentioned this on Friday Night Tights as well. I thought, this looks like a female form. Like, this is a very feminine form. And at one point, I'm like, is that is that breast? I, I, I think the whole time, I'm like, is that did I just see that? Maybe, maybe not. And that's why when it happened, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm looking for boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just doing what guys do, you know? It's just it's, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> I'm trying to think what... Uh, okay, so he, he's going in the hall, and, you know, I just was like, you know... What was that line from Harry Potter? Um, My dad does not strut, you know? <laughs> my dad never strutted. Oh, I, I, I forget. does not strut. Ah, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm sure someone, someone in the chat's going to have it at some point. Yeah, it was just a lot to take in, like, all at once, Mm because you were like, okay, oh, God, Baby Yoda has to go now. You know, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, just uh, too much happening all at one time. I had to watch it a couple times to kind of, like, absorb it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that – I think if I were to watch it again, I wonder if it would have as much of an impact on me as as far as, like, the negative impact – um, because I would know that it's coming and I would be paying more attention, but I guess my, I, I don't know if you felt the same thing. I felt like the writing f- like before all that was not that great. What, what'd you pick up on that? Oh yeah. I mean, it just, I was kind of, I think that's why it got me so bad. Cause I was kind of halfway paying attention Yeah. and I was like, oh, well, you know, this is like the season finale. Something definitely is going to have to happen here, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I don't know if the action wasn't engaging me or the. The di- you know, there was no dialogue basically, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Something about the action sequences seemed kind of stale. Mm. You know. Okay. I mean, it, I thought it was funny when Gina's uh, gun jammed. <laughs> well, I, I think she just uh, she's just so even in her quiet because she's she's definitely the, supposed to be like the more stoic character. I feel like she just really just dem- like commands the screen every time that she's on screen. Yeah, she does have a good screen presence. Like, a lot of actors put a lot into, like, pulling faces. It's like, you know, can can you make a good expression that kind of shows what you're feeling at the moment? Mm-hmm. She's just like, I'm here. This is this is my face. Just deal with it. You know, this is... Um, she doesn't seem to, like, overact, which I... A, a lot of novice actors, you see them trying to overact. Yeah. Which gets annoying. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially uh, I didn't see the film, but I remember in the trailer I was like, oh, this is so this is such a green performance. It was a recent movie with Charlize Theron, and I think it's called The Old Guard. Did you get to see that film? Uh-uh. Okay. No, I do like her as an actress generally, though. Yeah, but it was uh, there was another character, there was another actor who was in the film with her, right? So it has the star presence of Charlize Theron, and you have this other character with her. And the whole time I'm looking at her character, and I'm like, uh, this is your first big film, it has to be. And I looked at her IMDb, and sure enough, it was her first major film. And I'm like, when you can tell that, it's it's not a good thing. Right. She just, to me, she just seems really comfortable yeah. on screen, probably from all of her experience in the ring and whatnot. Oh, yeah. um, she doesn't seem to be intimidated. And her and Bill Barr together, I can't wait. I hope they put them together. Cause yes. They they just play off each other very well. Oh, for sure. I, I hope my speculation is, is, is correct in thinking that Rangers of the New Republic will feature those. Because I think those two characters together on screen, one, I think just as far as like the culture is concerned, that would be huge because you have two 
independent non-PC people in real life playing characters that that people love. And I think that that would kind of be a, a big statement in that capacity and would actually, I think, bring more people to the show. But then you also just have two great characters, right? The stoic character and the comedic relief played brilliantly by Bill, Bar- Bill Burr. But Bill Burr also, what's amazing about his character is that he can also pull emotion. I didn't realize that he was actually a good actor, but when he's going back and forth with, with the... Uh, with the person, I'm forgetting his name, but with the officer and just going through mm-hmm. his history, I was just like, oh yeah. man, this is, this is some good stuff. I was shocked by that. I was like, he, he, you could see like the emotions growing across his face. I mean, he was just so enraged and you could see him like try at some point he realized it's like, he, he's not going to be able to hold himself back much mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, because I know it's gotten some mixed reviews on this specific part of the final episode of The Mandalorian with the, uh, (laughs) so the actress's name escapes me. I think her first name is Mercedes, but uh, her wrestling name is Sasha Banks. She played one of the female Mandalorians. And when she beats up Boba Fett, uh, did you think that was just, you know, find the way it was or some people I feel like I feel like the fandom menace especially has been very split on this where some say it was fine it it was what it was it didn't seem to have any stinge of identity politics but there's others that have actually been very hard on it saying oh yeah this was clearly a message on their part did that scene bother you at all or uh no I mean yeah obviously you know he's got a a lot of weight on her Mm -hmm. and you know realistically that's probably not ever going to go down that way yeah (laughs) You know, uh, not, I mean, no, it didn't really yeah. like enrage me or uh, rage is good for YouTube videos. I understand that, but <laughs> it, maybe I'll go back and watch it again. Um, yeah. but it, it seemed like a really short scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of times there are people who have a fighting style where all you really need to do is get a bigger opponent off balance mm-hmm. and you can, you know, just with a little leverage, you can pull someone off their feet. Yeah. Um, and I wish they had I wish they had utilized that, right? Cuz I'm fine with that kind of stuff happening when it makes sense, but my I think cuz like I didn't really rage over that part. I was so focused on, you know, that last part cuz I'm just I'm such a uh I'm such a cynic and such a like stickler for CGI, but I remember looking back at it, I'm like the it just didn't make a lot of sense cuz there's actually one scene where they're in a tug of war and Sasha Banks just pulls him over and I'm like, right. "Okay, it's one thing if she's using his weight against him and using finesse and speed, that would make complete sense. And absolutely that could lead to her defeating him in, in a single combat or at least for a time. Right. And that's one of the things too, where I know that you'll appreciate this when uh, reading or listening to the audiobooks from the uh, EU era, star Wars, there's some really great books. I think uh, it was in the, um, the old Republic era series. You know, there's, there's three books in the old Republic era and there's one where there is a female apprentice and she learns certain styles of fighting that are not about strength, but about wearing out your opponent, essentially, by using speed oh, and finesse. Oh, yeah. I think that's Darth Bane's apprentice. She's mm-hmm. like a smaller girl. Yes, yes. And she has a double-bladed lightsaber. And a lot of her fighting was just like, I'm just going to defend myself mm-hmm. and wear you down as uh, you attack. I just assumed when she shot that uh, cable at Boba Fett, I just assumed that there was some kind of retraction thing on mm. her arm where it pulled the cable towards her. Okay. But, you know, because she didn't move her arm, I don't remember. Yeah. But it was a really quick fight, and I really didn't put that much um, that much thought into it. Yeah. But 
I think I can then, I, I can understand both sides of it, you know, because it's like yeah. it, it doesn't make sense, at least from what I remember seeing from a logical standpoint. But at the same time, it didn't bother. It's not the thing that bothered me the most in that episode. But you were saying something. Right. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, some people are out like they're specifically looking for stuff like that. It's like I'm looking for the wokeness. Oh, there's mm-hmm. a wokeness there, you know, Yeah. where I'm just like watching it. I'm usually watching it in folding laundry or <laughs> cleaning something at the time. So yeah. I'm not putting as much attention into it. Yeah. But the part where she jumped up, she kind of like jumped up on a pole and shot her um, jetpack around. And mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like there's definitely moments. I think the one, the one point I think that there's actually more, excuse me, there's actually more to be said with, is the fact that the random guy Mandalorian was just missing. Like, no. he, he just disappeared. What the hell? <laughs> and I love how there's been so many great. But that's the thing is, like, even though that might bother me, I think the memes that have come from it have been so fantastic, right? Because it's just like they just randomly show the guy just standing, because that's all we ever saw of him in that last episode that he was in was him just basically standing and and not doing or saying anything. And so it's like this guy and it's like 20 years from now, he will have his own show. And it kind of makes me think, I think him and then the, the random guy in, in uh, was it jeans or uh, the one in the Carl Weathers episode? I feel like both of them <laughs> the should team the up. Yeah, exactly. The guy in the background, I think they should both team up and should just, you know, oh, go on adventures together. <laughs> I was like, there's my uh, celebration costume right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they could do with it, too? They could do, like, a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern situation <laughs> where it's, like, these forgotten lost characters, and they're just like, oh, yeah, let's put them together and have them be the stars. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I appreciate, when I, when I watch a show, mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciate, like, people I watch videos of pointing out different like woke things. Cause it's not normally something because I'm not a man, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of this stuff, it doesn't even like all the problems that people had with the boys. Yeah. You know, those were themes that I probably would never have even thought of. Mm. Um, and I appreciate that to some extent. And it's, it's like you have empathy yeah. for, um, people who feel like, you know, men are being marginalized and stuff like that. It's just, for me, it's like, I, I, I'm a lesbian. And <laughs> I, I like women and I don't really, I, you know, that whole other sphere of the world. It's like, I, I don't really understand their perspective sometimes. Mm-hmm. So where it's helpful, it's like, I feel bad that I don't even see some of these problems that um, men or other people see. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm just focus, focusing on their four badass women yeah. in this in this hallway, you know? Yeah. Um, and then for me, I think that uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, is that because uh, Gina Carano, Cara Dune, is such a compelling character, like, the whole time I'm just like, Cara Dune's being a badass. And, like, that was where my focus was. And it wasn't until people had mentioned it after the fact where I said, oh, yeah, it was four women, you know, kicking ass down the hallway. But I think that because Gina Carano's there, I think it almost brings more validity to it. Because she's such a badass, like, in real life and also on screen with her character. So it's like, no matter what happens, I feel like she, I guess you could say, I mean, I kind of want to be careful with the way I word it because I don't want it to sound wrong. But I feel like she's almost like a placeholder or a stand-in for a a quote-unquote male presence. Only because, for her, she just seems like the most legitimate person on screen. And I think it's because we know that she can fight in real life. We know that she's doing most of her own stunts, and so it just brings more legitimacy to it. At least that's how I perceive it. Yeah, yeah. I know Katie Sackoff has done a lot of videos. I follow mm-hmm. her on 
on anything. Yeah. But she, <laughs> yeah, she, she's done a lot of videos about how, de depending on the role, how she has to change her body. Mm. And it's like a constant struggle for her as an actress where they sometimes like for Starbuck, they wanted her definitely a little thicker, mm -hmm. you know, they wanted her to have that fighter pilot body. And then other times, you know, they want her softer. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I have a lot of respect for her. Mm -hmm. um, anybody who can, you know, change their body for a role like that. Um, yeah, kind of like the, uh, <clears throat> oh, what's his name, uh, who always does it. Um, oh, my gosh. Batman. Matthew McConaughey? No, uh, Batman. Oh. Um, he was also in Newsies. <laughs> I don't know why that's the second film I thought of. Newsies. <laughs> I was like, why am I thinking of Chris, news? Christian Bale? Christian Bale, that's it. Yeah, Christian Bale. He's He was also notorious for always, you know, gaining a lot of weight, losing a lot of weight. And the most drastic was there was a year he did The um, the Fighter, and he lost a crap ton of weight. And then he also filmed uh, one of the Batman movies around the same time. And he had to go, like, I think he had to gain or lose, like, 50 to 60 pounds in a short period, wow. which is insane. And I want to say he's actually gone on record saying he's done. He's not doing that anymore because it's just so unhealthy. But, yeah, mad respect, too. And I think Katie Sackhoff, too, is someone that, in fandom, people love her because she's been in so many, uh, I guess you could say, like, nerd culture uh, shows and things. And I think she's the one that a lot of people said, why wasn't she Captain Marvel? Because she seems more legitimate in that role. I want to say her name was thrown around a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I could see that. I, yeah. I thought I'd heard that they were going to recast that role. You can only hope. Yeah, we we can only hope. <laughs> it's just when you hear this, this announcements about, you know, recasting and all these other things, all I can think of is, oh, the same rumors that said Pedro Pascal was done with The Mandalorian, and it's now been announced that he's signed on for season three, and it's like, okay, just <laughs> either show me your sources or get out. I know, right? Wait, I totally get what he was saying. He's yeah. like halfway through the season i was like yeah this is really not working because mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot for him to work with there mm -hmm. you know and they, i mean first of all they're not giving him a lot of dialogue he's becoming kind of a side character yeah oh yeah for um, sure um and i think i'm wondering if if the producers on the show had to finagle their way into the emmys because didn't he get nominated for an emmy mm -hmm. yeah uh, last last year or recently yeah i want to say it's, it's for this most recent one he was nominated for the mandalorian so i'm kind of wondering if if they were like hey we'll get you an emmy nomination and then and then you'll stay in right and then he's like hmm. okay fine <laughs> fine i love his voice acting though i, I know mean, for as little as he does he he really does a good job with it yeah his is definitely a case of it's very difficult sometimes to separate art from the artist because he's such an asshat in real life. But he is so – but as I've said before, like I defend his acting because some people have been kind of critical of his acting. And I'm like, now come on. Were you all saying this back during Game of Thrones when he was the Viper? I don't think you were. And so let's let's try and separate – You because know, I – trust me. I don't know what that is. The Viper from Game of Thrones? <laughs> No, I had never heard of that dude until he showed up on Mando. I was like, well, who is this? What did he do? Where did he come from? Who's he sleeping with to get this part? Tina with the hot takes again. <laughs> you jump in anytime you want. <laughs> Tina's just listening saying, what dues did he pay to get this kind of attention? <laughs> You know, all that Twitter stuff, though, I never really know how much of that stuff is real. I mm -hmm. think that these guys know 
what they're expected to say and they're like mm. i just it's like a casting couch they're like i just want to work in the industry mm. you know uh, trump supporters are nazis there you go okay yeah i'm good now yeah <laughs> no i I, I, I do wonder that sometimes, too, because I think there's some that either will say nothing or will say something a little bit and then kind of just say, hey, look, yeah, I'm on your team. Keep casting me in roles. And I think there's others where it's like that's just who they are. And this environment, I think, kind of makes it even worse. Right. Cause I think that that might be where he is just based on everything he does. Right. He's he's not even just tw- he's not even just pronouns in the bio. He's like, I am now having pronouns on my actual username and I'm going to go after fans and I'm going to go into back and forth with fans and everything. It's like uh, you got to at some point find that balance of you can be who you are and have your opinions, but do it in a way that's not going to turn people off to your show. I mean, cause I, I mentioned oh. this to, uh, to Tina earlier and I was, I was, I was saying like, Hey, I can totally try and see if I can hook you up with, with this show. That way you can watch it. And that way not having to give any money to Disney or Disney plus. And she's like, no, <laughs> I'd be more likely to watch cats than I would Mando. You say that. And yet I know that you are now the proud owner of cats and <sighs> you're well, you're welcome by the way. And and so I was able to make it where I made a custom menu for it. And have you have you seen what the custom menu says yet, Tina? No, I haven't. I haven't put it in my Blu-ray. I have made it there. So. Okay. It uh, well, it, it's very fitting because the title of the film on the menu is Nightmare Fuel. <laughs> so you have to click on Nightmare Fuel to watch Cats. Because <laughs> I would be looking at that going, "What the heck is Nightmare?" <laughs> Can we please, right. Tina, 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 please. Yeah. For Christmas, for Christmas for me, can you please do a live reaction to cats? And just you don't have to film your face, just uh, just your voice. <laughs> It'll probably please. be like that dude in Trolls Two. That's the meme, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> that could be your first video for your YouTube channel, Tina. It's just. That- that and shooting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just sneak a microphone into your apartment, like as you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tina. How are you? I'll never mind this over here. This, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, watch cats now. What are you doing in my apartment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh. And then, oh and then, what we can do is, after your parasite review gets gets a lot of <laughs> gets a lot of attention, we can get you a collaboration with. Uh, do y'all remember and uh, know the YouTuber Robert Storm? Robert Storms. Yes. Oh, is that the guy that lost it talking about yes. parasite? Lost it talking about parasite and got just <laughs> obliterated because he was going off not even just about the film but about foreign films especially, and it was like, no, don't do it, don't go there, man. And it was it was pretty great. I mean, and I love a lot of foreign movies. I just didn't like that one. Yeah, well, we know your we know your feelings on. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Laura, anything else from that episode that you wanted to to talk about? Um, <laughs> sound like a cat for a second there. Talk about cats. Oh, sorry. Meow. It's, it's possible there's like four cats in the house. So. <laughs> Uh, nah, I don't know. It, it's, um, I, it just was a great positive moment for the fan base. It's like, I, I saw a meme somewhere where it was like two kids playing with Star Wars toys, and it was like, you know, Dave Filoni and, um, uh, what's his name? 
John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. John, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, mm-hmm. you know, planning out their next Star Wars episode, <laughs> Mandalorian episode. And they're like, got all the toys and stuff. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you would want, you'd be like, I'd like to go back to Tatooine. Okay, we want Tatooine. <laughs> I'd like to see Boba Fett again. Oh, Boba Fett, you know. Yeah, and also uh, for those that are not aware, it's it's now been confirmed uh, via StarWars.com and I think even Favreau himself, the book of Boba Fett is going to be its own unique show. And so based, based on what I read from it, Boba Fett comes out December of 2021. They start filming Mando next year, which means Mando probably won't come out until 2022. And so my initial thought of them doing nice. it simultaneously is unfortunately not to be. But if they time it right... It'll be uh, Boba Fett, which will then lead into hopefully Mandalorian after eight weeks. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I did. Um, I can't believe they didn't have Salacious Crumb. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember mentioning that. And I was like, that could have made it. You have you have Bib Fortuna, and if you just have a little Salacious Crumb, <laughs> it would have been. I fantastic. told you guys the story behind that, right? I don't think so. Okay, so uh, Lucasfilm, the campus, right? Mm -hmm. There's a guy there who does, like, all the yard work and all the minor, you know, repairs of the buildings and stuff like that. And they were like, okay, we're doing the last movie, supposedly at that time, Return of the Jedi. We'd like for you to have, like, some minor part. Do you want to come in and try to do some voice work? Um, Mm. And they tried a couple different things. They recorded him doing some different stuff, and they were like, nah, we, you know, that's not really what we're looking for and he came out with that laugh he was like there Uh, is one thing that can do it makes my grandson laugh and he came out with this ridiculous laugh (laughs) and they were like that's it (gasps) and they created that whole like lizard monkey character around him oh that's awesome so they were like oh yeah you're in there (laughs) that's so that's so great you know it's also um so I, i mentioned this all the time and i don't think anyone has actually ever gone on to watch it because I don't think there's a lot of musical fans uh, on the channel, but I always mention it's it's a fantastic Star Wars musical called Annie, A-N-I, and it's short for Anakin, oh. and it is a hilarious musical, but one of the things that they do is, is Darth Vader tells uh, Star Wars jokes the entire musical, <laughs> and they're always so corny and funny. And so that's the only reason why I even remembered Bib Fortuna was because it's one of his jokes that he says. It's like, oh, yeah, Bib Fortuna. You know Bib Fortuna, the guy that's got the giant schlong wrapped around his neck. And uh, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so that was a joke. And then Salacious Crumb was also a joke. So it actually helped me remember a lot of those more obscure characters that, you know, typically only the hardcore fans really remember their names. I remember when Rogue One came out, a lot of people were complaining about um, the scene where Vader's like leaving and mm-hmm. he's like, don't choke on your aspirations. And he turns around, he's like force choking the dude out on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, Vader does not tell dad jokes. What the, <laughs> what the hell was that? Well, it's jokes galore in Andy, the musical it's on YouTube. It's free. Uh, and it's from a group that does, they've done the, the Harry Potter musicals. So if you've ever heard of those, that's the same group that did it. And they've done a lot of other fun, fun. There's, they did an entire Disney one. It's called Twisted, and it's a, it's obviously a play on Wicked, and it's the tale of Jafar. So it's, it's the story of Aladdin. Only Aladdin's the bad guy, and Jafar's the hero, and it's quite entertaining. It also goes after Disney, and that's always a good thing. It's like Cobra Kai, but yes. Oh, season three, cannot wait. Ah, uh, season three's coming. So close, January. So so close. 
my list of like stuff I need to watch is just ridiculous right now. <laughs> I can't I can't get through anything. And then the Expanse came out. Yeah, I, that's I right. Like, oh, Have you been watching the Expanse at all? Yes. How's it oh, been? So How's this? I don't know much about it because I haven't been watching oh, it. Oh really? But... Huh. Well, if you watch it, watch it all in one go. Okay. Because so much happens, mm-hmm. it's like difficult. I find myself. I'm like, what? Because they <laughs> mention like stuff that happened in the past, and you're like, mm. I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've mentioned on the channel before. I, I just, I, it might be my TV or it just might be my ears, but, or it's the mixture of the show in the earlier seasons. I just can't understand anything they're saying. And I, I don't want to have the subtitles on because I want to be able to pay attention to what's going on on screen too. So, so you're like one of those people that has like extra strong eyes, but yet your ears are like, so far. <laughs> so well, that's the thing is that my, my ears are actually because it's funny because I actually had to get my ears checked when I was younger because I thought my hearing was bad. But I, mm-hmm. I, I have ADD. And so my ADD makes it hard to focus sometimes on sound. So it, it, it's the perception that my oh. that I can't hear as well. But it's actually I can't focus as well. And so I've had that issue, though, with this with this specific show, because some others have said maybe it's just the Amazon app or something. But I, I've watched their other shows uh, like I've watched a couple episodes of the man, in, uh, the man in the high council, uh, the high high. I want to say the high council and uh, in, in the high castle. And I, I hear that show perfectly fine. And so I think it's just the mixture and, and the way it plays on my TV, it just – it's hard for me. So it's been that thing where it's like this seems really, really cool, but I just – I've been dragging my feet on watching it. Well, I think the thing that's bothering you is there's always – because they're in space a lot, mm-hmm. there's always noise. Like, yeah. In the back. There's a lot of background noise, and I, I have to put the subtitles on myself. Yeah. It's bad when I, I understood more of the dialogue in the movie Tenet, which everyone universally says has some terrible mixing that you can't hear anything. And yet I struggle with even the first episode of of The Expanse uh, for the same reason. I wonder if they're doing that to try to get you to focus your attention on the dialogue. Hmm. It could be. It could. Hmm. It could. There's so many things that it could be. That's for sure. Or just bad sound mixing. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah. Again, it could be very simple and it could be it could be even more complex. It could be technical or it could be biological for all I know. Uh, <laughs> anything else you've been watching? Uh, let's see. Uh, Poirot, of course. Wait, ah, I, can't, I can't pronounce it. Poirot. Tina, Poirot. Poirot. Tina, help me. Hercule Poirot. <laughs> he's so, he's so effing charming. I just can't I, stand I love, it. I love him. <laughs> so let me give you an example. So, yeah. he, you know, it's a weekly murder mystery, right? And so he gets bored. You know, so one week he he bets the inspector, the local police inspector. He's mm-hmm. like, I can solve this crime without like even leaving my apartment. And uh, so, so he's stuck in his apartment for like a week. And I totally, you know, anybody going through COVID right now completely understands mm-hmm. what he's going through. So he like he gets bored. So he like starts adopting a parrot. <laughs> And he teaches himself, like, how to cook, and he teaches himself, like, to do magic tricks and stuff. <laughs> and this is the original uh, Poirot? Yes, I, I think so. Well, one of the One, one of the, the original. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that episode, Tina? I'm trying to remember it in this life. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch all of them because people have uploaded them to, to uh, YouTube, yeah, so I don't yeah. need Netflix anymore to watch oh, it. Oh, my God. He's like, 
he's breaking down the crime and he's like doing all these card tricks with his hands and stuff. <laughs> so, like, magic tricks and he's like and then he goes over and he's like makes the parrot disappear and <laughs> I guess I have to ask because that kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Sherlock in a lot of ways I, yeah. I don't know I don't know timeline but did Poirot borrow from Sherlock or vice versa Does... oh hell no oh. <laughs> That's just it. Just sounds very similar to me, at least based on the. Sh- Maybe that's just the show uh, version with Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch that I'm thinking of. Right. No. Um. The Sherlock show with Cumberbatch mm-hmm. came way after uh, the David Suchet Poirot. Oh, I know timeline. It did. I- I'm just saying, as far as, what I meant by Sherlock, I guess is like the traditional story of Sherlock. Oh, Holmes. okay. Sherlock would have yeah. come first, okay. and then. Poirot, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I've watched both, and I've seen several times where the modern Sherlock directly stole stuff from Perot. Okay. I was like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the traditional yeah. the traditional shows, or, or rather the traditional story of Sherlock and Poirot don't have as much crossover, but the modern day uh, Sherlock borrowed heavily from Poirot of all places and not, not actually Sherlock. Yeah, I think they did it to kind of make Sherlock more charming because, I mean, that's the thing that comes off with Perot is he's just so likable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's uh, he has this great group of friends around him. He has this great secretary, which I know a lot of people put down on secretaries, but she's like the hub of his organization. And she actually mm-hmm. goes out in the field quite a lot mm-hmm. and, and helps him with his cases. So it's... Okay. It's a very interesting show. Yeah, and Rosie G12 in the chat said, Arthur Conan Doyle is before Agatha Christie. Yeah, I had forgotten that Agatha Christie was the one behind uh, the Poirot story. Because, like, mm-hmm. when I when I hear this, the, the names of the movies and everything, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, etc., it's like, I know that's Agatha, Ag- Agatha Christie. But when I hear just about Poirot, I think, oh, it's a totally different character. And I, I, I forget that it's a series uh, that she actually mm. did. But yeah, that's right. So yeah, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would have been before. Yeah, and Poirot is in uh, Murder on the Orient, well, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on mm-hmm. the Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm so looking forward to the Death on the Nile, the new version. Yes. With um, Kenneth Branagh. I can't as, wait. As long as he doesn't try to play an action hero again. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on him. Well, actually, did he, didn't he? did he direct it too? So yes, it is on yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was thinking at first, like, well, if he's just the actor, he's just doing what the director. Oh, he is the director. So, yes. Nice retraction it, there, is, <laughs> it is on him in that case. It's like, wait. Oh, no, it's like, oh, wait. No, normally that works. This time it doesn't. When you direct yourself, it, it just can't work out. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anything else you've been watching other than some quarrel? It's like 11 seasons. I. I, I texted my daughter and I was like, oh my God, I found like 70 episodes on YouTube. I'm so excited. She was like, oh no, it goes on for like 11 seasons. She's like, I have all the, um, I guess the library that she works at has all of the DVDs. Oh, wow. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. Much. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anything else? No, no. That don't, oh God. I just wish I could get to like half of my I want to watch list. It's, mm. Me too. I look over at just my Blu-ray shelf and I'm like, oh, there's a ton of films I, I still need to watch staring me in the face. Like Hidden Fortress, Yojimbo, Sanjuro, Samurai Trilogy, The Gentleman. <sighs> so many movies. Oh, God, those Samurai trilogies Ikuru. I need to watch Ikuru. Yeah. Ikiru, rather, I think. 
in the <laughs> in the heat of the night showboat. And those are just the films that are not yet in my collection correctly yet. So there's oh, so many, so many movies. All right, let's go ahead and catch up with some chats. So first, we had a super chat uh, from Fat Steven Seagal, beat up CDPR. Thank you very much for those Canadian shekels. He says, uh, PS3 Luke Skywalker and the 16-bit blue milk. Yes, I, I agree. I got into a huge heated debate behind the scenes uh, with Az actually over the CGI in that episode. And it's funny because we were prepping and, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be this heated battle. It's going to be like when Jeremy fought as, and then when we talk about it, it was nope, totally fine. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, I, that CGI was, was rough. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's go to some member comments, try and get through some of those. All righty. Thirsteenth warrior. Welcome. Good, sir. Glad to see you here. He says, I just stumbled across the stream. Oh, well, thank you for being here. I very much appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Rosie G12 at 723 says, I thought Pedro Pascal's performance was quite moving at the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really think that he captured that emotion, and, and that's why I think he's a good actor. Uh, it's hard, I think, or rather, I think it's easy to be critical of him in this season, and rather in this series, because he has a helmet on most of the time. And and so you, I think it's easier to put your own personal thoughts in your opinion of his performance because you don't have as much to go off of. You just have a voice. And I think that for what he's being called to do, he's doing just fine with that voice. But yeah, the couple of times he's had his helmet off, I think he's done great. Because the, the the last episode where he had his helmet off, um, he, I think, showed... A, I, I feel like his character he portrayed in his performance was consistent with what we hear behind the mask. Like, what I saw in his face, I'm like, nope, that's exactly what I thought he would look like underneath the mask in that capacity. So, yeah, I, I think that he's definitely underrated in that aspect. Still an ass hat in real life, but... A talented actor, I would argue. Uh, Rosie G12, uh, G12 then says, That little girl could not take down Boba Fett so stupid. Yeah, again, I, I know that's going to frustrate a lot of people, and I, I totally understand it uh, from that perspective. But yeah, I think had she taken her, him down using just speed and cunning, it would have been a lot more uh, easier to digest versus the, it seemed like they were going toe-to-toe on strength, and that doesn't make as much sense. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, I think that Sasha Banks beating up Boba had more to do with her being SmackDown Women's Champion right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, wrestling world goes into television world. Uh, sure. Orange Hat says, Fett would have annihilated her. How he took her cheap shot and floors her should have been the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I guess one could argue that they were both protected from you know with their armor. So it's hard for either of them to get the upper hand in that capacity. Uh, JKDBuck76 says, I had to Google Sasha Banks. I'm that old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how that makes you old. Uh, Orange Chat Reviews says, Darth Xana. That's it. Uh, one of the most powerful Sith in the EU. Yeah, so Darth Xana was the apprentice to uh, Darth Bane. And if you've never uh, gone through the Darth Bane uh, series, highly recommend it. Great EU novels. And yeah, Darth Xana is great because not only does she use speed and cunning, uh, in her lightsaber battles, she also masters, uh, I believe it's some sort of uh, force sorcery, force witchcraft. And so she's able to make people th- uh, see things. And she drives a couple people insane. And it's, it's like, not hilarious, but it's just, it's so badass how she does it. So, great character for sure. Alrighty. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, the guy Mandalorian left because he realized he was teamed up with Sasha Banks. <laughs> oh, don't say that. 
JKDBuck76 says, Say I'm my ca- I'm my cocaine out loud. Congrats, you sound like Michael Caine saying I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we lost Laura. I hope Laura gets, gets to come back in. Um, but yes, yeah, so <laughs> at first I thought you were going to go like a cocaine Mitch route with that one. Uh, that's the nickname given to Mitch McConnell, Cocaine Mitch. Uh, <laughs> you know, because he's a turtle and everything. Uh, <laughs> CG12 says, I ignored all the girl power nonsense in the last episode of The Mandalorian. It was uh, pronounced for me, and I'm a woman. Uh, I was just done in – it was just done in such a heavy-handed manner. And, I, yeah, totally. I, I, I definitely can – I think that because I was so distracted by other elements of the show, I didn't notice it as much. But I, de- I definitely think that people can have uh, – I definitely think people can have that kind of uh, approach to it. Uh, let's see. Again, only members tonight. Uh, for as far as comments, again, very sorry, but trying to get through as many as I can. Rosie G12 says, I don't understand why the left is so adamant that women have to be the same physically as men. Newsflash, they're not, and that's great. Viva la difference. <laughs> I like that last part. Viva la difference. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we all have biological differences, and that's why, as I said, I, I like characters like Gina Carano's because you, you do find that there's a lot more even ground there right like if she is the one that is beating someone up you believe it because she is a badass who can fight and she looks like she could take someone down versus what they did in solo where they had a 16 year old girl who had no meat on her bones be the leader of a resistance group and it's like mm, uh, uh jk 76 crapton marfail i'll never watch it i don't blame you I don't blame it all. And then it says, in here we say, Gosh Gila. Gosh Gila. Pat S says, look up the Viper from G.I. Joe sometime. Great episode. Uh, 13th Warrior. Glad to have you here. Good sir. He also says, I have opinions. Oh, do you now? Uh, Buck 76 my pronouns are Zizzer, Zazzer, and Zuz from Dr. Seuss's book. Interesting. Uh, Thirsty Warrior says, I never liked Cats, the stage version, and I'm a huge T.S. Eliot fan. Huh. It's just, it's, it's just creepy. Having watched the film, I never want to watch the musical. It just, it's, it's so, no. Jellical cats and a jellical way. Jellical, jellical is all I can remember. All right. Anyway, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> JKD Buck says maybe it's Boba's black book names of all the ladies he's dates I don't know about that mm. that wouldn't be very appropriate now would it uh, this is Disney era Star Wars don't you know uh, Rosie says the only one who is worse is Jane Fonda who belongs in jail for treason oh my gosh wow she does she does oh wow I mean mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far but mm. She committed treason. When you're sitting, you're go to visit the Viet Cong, who were our enemies. Yeah, and you are like hobnobbing with them, like they're your next door neighbors, and pretending like you're shooting down American planes and stuff. No, no, her career should have been over the second she landed back in the United States. Can't mm. stand. Oh my gosh, I can't stand her. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have hit that topic. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a bad actress. Yeah. She's just. <sighs> yeah. No. I, I. I totally understand. You know why people. It's. I feel like some people have similar opinions with like Sean. People like Sean Penn. Um. For oh, instance. I can't stand him either. Yeah. But like for me, it's. I just. 
I'm that person where it's like, let's just shrink our government and not arrest people. That that'd be my thing. Uh, JKD Bucks seventy six Hanoi Jane should be in prison, turning big rocks into smaller rocks. <laughs> I'm sure Tina's got a response to that one for sure. Uh, Pat S Pat S had a great comment that I thought was really funny, uh, and he was it was about the. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch conversation says, Doctor Strange and Bilbo Baggins solving mysteries together. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be fantastic. That's for sure. Uh, Rosie G. Odin, need to watch Going My Way with Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald. I have actually never seen Going My Way. <gasps> I knew that would get oh, that reaction. I knew that's I'd... one of those movies like every Catholic is supposed to see. Yeah. Seriously. Because Bing is playing a priest and Ingrid Bergman's playing a nun and yeah. <laughs> and he sings Tura Lura Lura. Okay. Tula 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 Lura. Yeah, that. Yeah. I know of that. I don't know of the movie, but yeah, I uh Yeah. I I I have I have I've made some mistakes. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I've yeah. never seen it. I've seen clips from it, but yeah, it's like I remember my mom saying when she would visit her relatives and they were Catholic, they were all like, oh, we got to go. We got to watch going my way. It was like it was a tradition. All we Catholics have to watch that. So I, that's the reason when you said that, I was like, yeah. oh, Odin hasn't seen it. <laughs> Not all of us Catholics can be thrown in the same bunch, I guess you could say. <laughs> we have we have personalities. We are different. We, personalities. we are not just a hive mind. I swear. Uh, <laughs> Rosie G12 says when he took off his helmet with Bill Burr, his performance was terrific because you could read Pascal's emotions, yet he used wonderful restraint. Yes. Uh, there's a great back and forth sequence between uh, Bill Burr's character and the officer he's talking to about, because you find out Bill Burr's character had served in the empire and he left because he had to watch essentially his entire platoon, his entire company and, and friends get get slaughtered essentially and be used as sacrifices uh, for the quote unquote betterment of the empire. And so that caused him to want to leave and, and led to his life of crime. And so his performance, Bill Burr's performance in that subtle way when he's watching this officer basically try and explain why they were justified and how great the empire is. Like he's so, he's so mad. And you got Pedro Pascal, who's got his helmet off. who's just looking at the scene going on and it's, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's a perfect performance. Cause it's that very subtle quiet of, Oh God. And then he's like, look, he makes eye contact with Bill Burr and just shakes his head. Like, no, don't do it. I know you want to kill him, but don't kill him. And you can just read all of the emotions going on. So yeah, both did a great job in that episode for sure. Uh, JKD Buck says, oh, I thought you said Darth Santa. I need better earbuds. <laughs> Darth Santa? Why would I say Darth Santa? Uh, Rizzy G12, Gina is a badass and I love her, but she is the exception to the rule most women physically. Yes, yes, absolutely. Totally agree with you there. Um, it kind of reminds me actually of, you know, talking, we, we mentioned earlier about the show, that, the um, Cobra Kai. There's a female character on the show who's a bigger, who's a bigger girl and so when you see her beating people up, I'm like, I believe that because she is more physically imposing on these other people. Whereas if it's someone else, it's like, eh, it doesn't work as much. Uh, Orange Chat says, Boba put her head through a table. She would have been dazed and not at full fight cap- capability. She would have been concussed. Yes, but plot armor. Orange Chat, plot armor. Come on now. You know, you know better than that. Uh, Rosie G12, Rosie G12 then says, uh, Jane Fonda committed treason and betrayed, uh, 
POWs of Vietnam when one tried to slip her a note during the war. Ooh, that's 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 not good. And then she says, uh, you will love going my way, OMG. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So I've caught up with those chats. So again, it is a members only reading of chats tonight. So I will see the chats. But as far as comments and questions being read out loud, I'm saving that for uh, my members tonight, just so that way I can keep up with my chosen. All right, let's go ahead and move on to ZK Man. ZK Man, what you been? Uh, what you been watching, man? Uh, pretty much, uh, mostly the classic uh, Christmas type movies. Uh, I mean, got your Home Alone and uh, the original Grinch movies and uh, stuff like that. Uh, uh, pretty much, uh, I actually watch both the uh, Christmas Chronicle movies with Kurt Russell in them. Yeah, how have those been? They actually put out, turned out pretty good. Uh, I do like the first one a little bit better than the second one, but uh, overall, I mean, I, I definitely would recommend anybody that hasn't watched them that, to watch them. I mean, they're pretty good, uh, little fun uh, family-style movies. Okay, would you say the first or second one is better, or are they both equally good? Uh, they they run pretty much neck and neck, but if I would probably put the first one ahead as far as which one I liked better. Okay, all right, yeah. I mean, I I've been a huge fan of uh of Kurt Russell for a while. I think the film that kind of really got me, and I know this might uh be anathema to some people, but the film that actually really got me more interested in him was The Hateful Eight uh, with Tarantino. Uh, because I'd seen him in films before, but I, I was never, you know, I'd never really seen a lot of his classic, like Escape from New York or, uh, you know, the even more classic Escape from L.A., at least from what people tell me. Um, and, and so for me, that was like kind of the movie where I was like, oh, this guy's a badass. And then, of course, I find out that he's not really loved in Hollywood because he's not typically a part of that liberal establishment. And so that made me respect the hell out of him even more, the fact that he's still working and and yet still able to give these great performances, but that's a film. That's a series I've been wanting to watch because of him specifically. I definitely would give it a watch. Uh, yeah, like like you said, I mean, I I pretty much uh, I, first movie I probably ever did see of him was probably Escape from L.A. Mm. And uh, but like you, uh, I because I was always when I was younger, especially because my dad he used to read the uh, old Louisville Lemoore's type story. So I was into like Western type stuff back then. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, did. Uh, like you said, his performance in The Hateful Eight was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if you've not seen The Hateful Eight, it's actually, the more I, I think about it and I watch it, the more I, I think it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. There's just so many great things that happen in that film. All right, very cool. Anything else? Uh, any other Christmas films of note that you've been watching? Is there like a, a go-to Christmas classic that you always go to? Uh, it's pretty much a, it's one of those, uh, it's a low-budget, kind of cheesy type movie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's one that since I first seen it, uh, I pretty much it goes into rotation every year. Mm-hmm. It's uh, called uh, Christmas Mail. It uh, mm-hmm. stars uh, Ashley Scott and... Uh, AJ Buckley. Okay. That, uh, basically, the movie itself is a uh, it centers around the post office, uh, where for that year, uh, Ashley Scott's character she's brought in as like the person that uh, 
writes like whenever kids write uh, mm-hmm. Santa, uh, she's the one that writes back to him from okay. there. Uh, and it's pretty much, uh, I guess you think as far as like quality wise, I guess you think along the lines of Hallmark or Lifetime or something like that as far as like okay. quality. Yeah, I see. It's a one. Of, it's a pure flicks film, from what I can see. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 is about. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you mentioned. Yeah. That definitely. Yeah. The Hallmark type films, but it's those cheesy films that just sometimes just they're what you need, right? Like there's just like that's just something about them that just puts you in that Christmas mood for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much it's been one of those ones that I guess you could say a guilty pleasure because it's one that I watch pretty much every year. Okay. All right. We all have those. Uh, for me, because I, I have my go-to Christmas film, which is It's a Wonderful Life, uh, which is not just a great Christmas movie. It's just a great film. But then I also have my guilty pleasure one, which is the film Serendipity with John Cusack and uh, that and Kate Beckinsale. And so it, it's a romantic comedy. And, yeah, it's it's not the best film in the world. However, I love it. And it's it's definitely falling, I think, into that kind of guilty pleasure category. And then did you watch, I mean, the real question is the most important question, especially when it comes to Christmas movies, is have you watched Die Hard yet? Uh, yeah, actually, I had seen that uh, last month. So. Oh, you watched it before Christmas? Come on, man. Uh, it was one of those deals where, like, uh, so I, I, I donate plasma every now and then, mm-hmm. and they like to, like, in the little room where we donate at, they actually have TV screens and they play random movies mm-hmm. and that happened to be one of them. Okay. Awesome. 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 Are you one of those persons that every year for Christmas you, you have the, was it TNT that always, it's either TNT or TBS or both uh, where they have like the nonstop marathon of a Christmas story. I have seen that one. Uh, I haven't watched the, it's marathon form this year, but I mm. have seen it at least once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's one where as like a kind of a tradition in our house, we would have it on and then we'd like fall asleep to the television and we would be watching it and we'd wake up. And it's funny because sometimes you'd wake up at either the same exact moment you fell asleep to, or like not very long after, or it would just be the beginning of the film all over again. I can't tell you how many times I've actually seen that movie because literally all day for Christmas at my home is what we used to do it, especially when we'd have family over all day we would have that film on and it would be great because we would pause in our conversations and then all of a sudden we'd hear the dialogue from the movie and it'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. We're watching a Christmas story still. Anything else you've been watching? Uh, yeah, actually the other day uh, it's actually a non-Christmas uh, movie. Uh, actually broke down and paid the rental fee mm. And watched uh, Greenland. Oh, what'd you think? Gerard Butler, yeah. And, uh, it uh, turned out uh, pretty decent. Uh, yeah. It uh, pretty much it, it, it uh, I think it uh, it showed pretty much uh, a good example of what the real world would be like if we were, because it, it kind of gave the uh, it showed the best in humanity and the worst mm. in a situation like that. Yeah. And, and, and you could definitely, uh, the performances uh, were pretty good. Uh, mm. And I, I liked how like the movie itself is roughly about two hours long. 
Okay. It, it ends like right, almost right at that two hour mark. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So it's not too long. Yeah. But the way I liked it is that, like, at the beginning, you could kind of see that there was tension between uh, Joe Butler's uh, character and the one that played his wife, which uh, I think his wife. Uh, Marina Bacharin. Yeah. Yeah. She's and Firefly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you could tell that there was a little tension between the two characters at the beginning, but they didn't like it wasn't like deep dive into it. So it wasn't like an it wasn't until like close to the end that you got a sort of a backstory to why that happened. Mm-hmm. But it but like unlike a lot of movies where they try to shove it all down at one time, it played out pretty well and worked real well with it wrapping up uh, the whole story of why why they had this tension. All right, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I think I had watched Chris Stuckman's review of the film, and it actually made me interested in it because it, 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 he said it's not your typical really bad disaster film. It, it actually is, as you said, a lot more realistic. And one of the things, for instance, is instead of showing uh, when, you know, essentially, because it's, uh, it's meteors essentially like falling to Earth, and instead of it being, oh, let's show all of the chaos and show, like, the Pentagon and all these other government agencies running around figuring things out, instead you watch this uh, this atrocity happen from the family's perspective. Like, they're watching it on television, and so you're getting their reaction to it, and it's very realistic in that way because you're just getting their reactions. And, yeah, something else that really draw me drew me to wanting to see it was the fact that you did have Gerard Butler and, uh, as you said, Marina Baccarin for – uh, those that don't know, she, again, was in Firefly, but also more recently she's been in the Deadpool films. Uh, she's played the the girlfriend of, of Deadpool himself. So uh, she is someone that uh, – she was also actually – did you ever see the remake of the television series V in which she starred in? Oh, yeah. I, re- I remember that one, yeah. Yeah. She did play in that one. Yeah, it was crazy because the show wasn't great because – talk about bad CGI – um, the remake, it just, oh, the, the green screen usage in that film or in that series was so bad, but it got canceled very quickly. And so the ending of the series is the most like sad ending because like everyone's dying and the aliens win. And it's like, it just ended it, like the aliens win. And then it ended. I'm like, what it, was this the plan from the beginning? Or did they find out they were canceled like halfway through and say, oh, well, Let's just make this a one-off and and finish it right. It was it was just so confusing. Anything else you've been watching? Uh, as far as anything new, that's pretty much it for right now. I, I need to start getting back into watching a few things because I got because some friends gave me DVDs for my birthday. And okay, I know for sure that they'll. Knowing them, they'll be sending me more for Christmas, so mm. I need to catch up so I can start watching the ones that they I know they'll be sending. Nice. Now, I have to ask, because this is just who I am, did they send you DVDs, or were they Blu-rays? Uh, they was all uh, 4K Blu-rays. Okay, good. At first, I was like, your friends sent, knowing you, I'm like, your friends sent you DVDs? Do they know <laughs> who they, you are? <laughs> they, they probably would. Uh, I, I actually had a friend. Uh, we, uh, like prior to my birthday, we had talked like maybe two or three weeks before that. He he was on the other side of the country. Uh, he's uh, 
we were sitting there talking about the old Baywatch TV show. Mm. And I was talking about when I was a kid, how I actually kind of liked the uh, end credits. So <laughs> yeah, that's how I was back then. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, but he actually went out and found the CD copy of the soundtrack for that TV show and sent it as a gag gift for my birthday. That's fun. That's a fun gift to get. That's a friend right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's like, I know you, and you'll get a kick out of this. That's great. All right. Very, very cool. Anything else? I think that's pretty much it right now. All right. Very, very cool. It's always it's, it's great to have you back once again. And, and I see that Laura has once again rejoined us. Hopefully dinner is, is made and delicious. <sighs> Life. Life interrupts my fun all the time. <laughs> I just really just wanted to sit here and I always go back and listen to the stream again. Mm-hmm. It's just like torn. I was like, I just really just want to sit here and listen to what everybody's listening to and <laughs> watching and but no. Get some recommendations and You just assume after your kids grow up and leave the house, you're like the whole mothering thing is over, but no. <laughs> As I said, mother of the channel. Apparently. <laughs> well, because you always like I just remember, especially when when I was still in New Orleans, like I would always get gifts that would show up, and I'd be like, "Oh, is this from? It's from Laura." And it was always like I I knew the. It's like I ha- I know you haven't seen Rebels yet, so I wanted to make sure you got to watch it. It's just like it was awesome. As, but by the way, oh. for anyone that doesn't know, Laura is an amazing person. I just want to oh. thank you again for all oh, those you. all those gifts you you've gotta, given. <laughs> you can make me cry. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a love for rebels if it wasn't for you. So, yeah, I don't know why it gets so much hate. It's yeah. like I don't I don't I don't know what people are expecting. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that I actually watched it when I did because it didn't get really tainted. Because the only thing I'd heard up to that point was you had said obviously great things about it, and then Jeremy had said that he liked it as well, and and so. I'm glad I was able to kind of watch it in that vacuum of not hearing too many negative things about it other than it being more of a kid's show. But then when I first started the first episode, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's an animated show and it doesn't have, you know, crazy explosions and violence. But I still felt like it was on a similar level to what Clone Wars had been. And so uh, I was kind of glad to have that kind of mindset going into it and not be tainted in any way. I actually wish that I had seen Star Wars in like a normal progression mm-hmm. because I mean if if you look at the the timeline of like how I found Star Wars it's it's like I found the EU way after the prequels and I found Rebels before I found the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I'd I'd grown up with uh Ryan's knowledge of of our campus mm. because his knowledge of the EU is, is so vast. And every time I look behind him and I see all of those novels in his shelf, I'm like, man, I wish I had the mental capacity to have you know, like sat down and read all of those books several times like he has. And I always love hearing like when he's not cursing like a sailor. I always love <laughs> hearing him talking. I love about- him so much. Yeah, I do. Me too. I, I love him because like he is the ultimate Star Wars fan. Yeah. And it's like he's legit. Yeah. And you know, it's like he doesn't need all those books behind him. You could just tell by the the passion that he talks about the yeah. um the EU. 
Yeah, especially uh, I, when he goes off on his like tangents. It. When he goes off his on his tangents about <laughs> Dave Filoni, and like, and I was like, oh, he stole this from this book and and this this this, and I'm like, I mean, I love it. I love it so much. I learned so much about the EU from him specifically. Yeah, he got me to read a lot of uh, Karen Travis, him and mm. um, Lightning, Lethal Lightning. Yeah, and I, I love meeting people. I mean, that's that's a great thing. Back when I was in school, mm-hmm. when you went to school, you met people with different opinions, mm-hmm. and you met people who had different life experiences. You mean diversity? Oh, the way it should imagine be? that true <laughs> diversity. True diversity. I mean, I I met African American people who were conservative. Mm-hmm. I met like rich white people who are very liberal, mm-hmm. you know, and you like, I learned history from about four different perspectives. You know, it's like to meet someone like, like, um, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, just to meet people who have like experienced the EU before the prequels and understand how much they, they love those, those books. It's like, I, I read, the books after the prequel so i pictured in my mind like monks are uh, jedis are supposed to be like monks mm-hmm. you know so the whole concept of him having mara jade in his life it just seemed like weird to me yeah you know? so i never really it never really grabbed me like it probably should have yeah um, I, I will say the one positive about discovering the eu when i did was that i got to experience the finished productions of the audiobook versions with Mark Thompson. And mm. I, I swear they need to sign up Mark Thompson to do every single EU book that features, especially stories taking place after return of the Jedi, because he gets every voice down perfectly. And I mean, the fact that he can go mm. from doing Yoda perfectly to then doing Admiral Akbar perfectly. And then like every character in between like, even, like, when you listen to him going back and forth between, like, Han Solo and Leia, you're like, even his Leia sounds fine. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as perfect as the, as the male voices, but it's still one of those things where it's just he he's obviously a performer and he does such a great job. And it's like, ah, uh, why are these so many books that are the abridged versions? And it's uh, just... I hope that they, they yeah, do that at some I mean, point. The fact that you don't even think about it. The fact yeah. that you don't think this is one guy mm-hmm. doing all of these voices. Oh, yeah. Especially going to the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, doing the Thrawn trilogy that he did when he's doing the Wookiee voices. It's like, (laughs) well, for one, it's annoying as hell because Wookiee shouldn't speak basic. But um, that was so weird. (laughs) It's so weird. But you're like, this is exactly what a Wookiee would sound like if they spoke basic. (laughs) I just was like. Is this okay? I'm just gonna fast forward. <laughs> Some stuff's like you you hear it and you're just like, okay, I, just, I, get I just it. need to get past. I what, get it. What, what's going on here? Yeah, and then there's but, one book yeah. that I read. I forgot the guy's name, but it felt like someone randomly decided to record themselves reading it and th- thought to themselves, "I can do a very good uh, imper- like interpretation of Admiral Akbar," and this was his Admiral Akbar. Wow, you see, I'm Admiral Akbar, and I'm like. <laughs> Sean Connery? What are you doing? <laughs> I was getting ready to say. <laughs> and I want to say. There was one. Um, yeah. Uh, there was one Star Wars Rebels book mm-hmm. that was like a prequel book. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I just turned. I turned on and like read the book. That's how see, bad it was. I hate see, reading. See, mine was, was like, mine was actually a good book because it was one Ryan had recommended, but it was an abridged version for starters. And it was uh, one of the, was it the X-Wing series, I think? 
um, where it goes through like the X-Wing training and um, it's like it's around the time of Return of the Jedi. And yeah, the guy that did it, though, it was just the, the voice acting was so bad. It was it was abysmal. And I was like, I got to get through this so that way I can return it. <laughs> and then get another book because thank God Audible has that kind of return policy. Oh yeah, they're really nice about that. If mm-hmm. you ever anything from Audible and you don't like it, they're like, "Cool, give you another credit." They yep. don't even they don't even give you a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a shame that a lot of those EU books aren't in Audible. I agree, and that's why, as I said, like if they could just get Mark Thompson and be like, "All right, let's give you a bunch of money, record all of these non like the unabridged full versions," I would get every single one of them. Because that's how good he is. Um, and one last thing about Ryan, though, is he's essentially, he's your stereotypical bro in nerd form. If nerds had a bro personality, <laughs> it would be Ryan. It would be Arcanos. I know, there's just, you know, when, when he first came on, there was just something, like, really engaging about him. It mm-hmm. just has this, like, legit passion. Yeah. You know? It's funny that he can be as passionate about Star Wars as he is about sports. It's like, that's not a combination that you (laughs) tend to have uh, as much, but he's able to pull it off pretty well. Yeah, it's 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 fun to meet people who have a lot of different interests like that. It's Mm -hmm. like people are passionate about a bunch of different things. Yeah, it's um, I wish I, you know, I was really I followed him on Twitch at one point, actually. Mm. I was like so into Ryan. I was like showing up on his Twitch channel. I Anytime there's that. Mario Kart, that's like I feel like I have to watch it if Ryan's on because I mean the amount. <laughs> I I mean I love Perry Chan, uh, our, our brethren who does all the Friday Night Tights intros because he gets all of the best Ryan clips and just makes them work so well. My favorite to this day is when they show the episode of Baby Yoda falling over and. And he just puts Ryan's face on Baby Yoda, and it's like, oh, this is so perfect. And he's just yelling and <laughs> cursing up a storm like he always he does. He was playing um, Arkham Asylum mm. with Batman, mm-hmm. and it was just—I was just fascinated by the game and stuff. But I'm—I'm yeah. I'm just seriously not a Twitch person. But I mean, he's yeah. one of the few people that I would go on the app and hang out. Um, oh yeah, he yeah, makes he's... such an effort to like engage, you mm-hmm. know with people and is a chat. He's a good dude. And that's why his channel is growing uh, as well as it is. So, yeah. All right. Going to the chat for a little bit. Uh, Rosie 12 said big trouble in little China. Yes. Going back to uh, when, when the K man was bringing up uh, Kurt Russell films. Cause he'd been watching the Christmas Chronicles. Uh, Jake Eddie Buck says we watched the second Christmas Chronicles movie with Kurt and Goldie. It was the perfect kid movie. The chunky elf guy looks like a woman in accounting at my office. Wow. (laughs) Well, I hope she doesn't watch these streams because she would be very offended by that. I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) The new number two says never saw escape from LA, but from what I hear, it's a waste of time. Escape from New York was great. That's what what I hear, but I I hear it's like fun. I hear it's like stupid fun. And, and Escape from L.A. Uh, GMagus76, uh, thank you for being here, sir. Pat S. says, everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. Ah, yes. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I must say, that was <laughs> from, is that from the recent Mandalorian? I think so. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. It's it's what um, Moff Gideon was saying, I think. What a Moff. Yes. <laughs> What a moth. Rosie G12, Kurt Russell, and Mel Gibson in Tequila Sunrise. So awesome. Never seen it. Oh, Tequila Sunrise is great. Oh, that, oh I mean, my God. Those two oh. together make me want to see it. What was that, Tina? Yeah, that's a good movie. And 
Harrison Ford was up for the Mel Gibson character. Hmm. Uh, the bad guy, and he said, I don't play bad guys. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> I'm Harrison Ford. Not a hot tub section in that movie, so that was nice. <laughs> In Tequila Sunrise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, oh, Tina, God. come on. Uh, JKDMX76 says, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. And then he goes on, Gremlins is a Christmas movie. I won't go uh, I won't go against those at all. Uh, the, the new number two, Christmas Story was filmed in my hometown. Nice. Very cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, JKDMX76 then says, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Just because there's snow doesn't mean it's a Christmas movie. I just saw a list that said that Eyes Wide Shut was a Christmas movie. So really? take that die hard. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> I saw that movie. I don't see any tinsel anywhere. They, what talking about. They took me to get Christmas shopping. And that's one of those movies I almost walked out on. What? Oh, hmm. Eyes, oh. Eyes Wide Shut. I was like, oh my gosh. I heard people demanding their money back when the movie what? was and the manager was like, well, we usually, you know, don't give money back when it was over. And the people were just like, it was terrible. We were he was like, okay, okay, I'll give you your money back. So, so they sat for two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. And only left at the end. I think it's one of those times when you're like, It'll get better. If we sit here another 15 minutes, <laughs> it's Kubrick. It's got to get better. It's Stanley Kubrick. Last movie. <laughs> that was something I asked Odin on his Q&A, which he mm. completely ignored me, by the way. <laughs> uh, my question was like, what movie have you walked out of? No Chris response. Oh, was the one that I walked out of. Hmm. My friend walked out of Napoleon Dynamite at 15 minutes. <gasps> I can't, that makes sense to me because that is absolutely a love or hate movie. Like you either love it or you hate mm. it. And I, I don't think there's much of an in-between when it comes to that film. I was like, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. I'm out of here. <laughs> Literally, bye, Felicia. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get away home. I had to call friends. I was like, oh, hey, wow. I got a ride. <laughs> I have never walked out on a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Because, and that's the thing is that I'm sure there's films I've turned off, like that I've been watching at home, but I can't remember any specifically. And there's, there's films that I probably would have walked out on, but typically I don't go out of my way to see films I think I won't like. Like my, my, what I used to do when I was younger, back before Rotten Tomatoes went off the cliff, was I would go to Rotten Tomatoes and I would say, oh, what's the critics say? What the audience say? Because normally... If you have a low critic score but a high audience score, it meant, oh, it's an incredibly entertaining movie that critics hate. Okay, I'll probably enjoy that. And then there's others where, like, both were high. And I'm like, okay, that means it's just an all-around good film. And then others where, like, the critics were very high and the audience was very low. And I'm like, I actually might like that because I tend to like more of the snooty, oh, only film people will enjoy it type films. And so that's how I used to measure myself. And so there are some films where it's terrible audience, terrible critics. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to avoid that because it sounds like no one likes that uh, film. And so I think that's the reason why I just never ended up walking out on anything. I walked out of Frozen 2. 
<laughs> when they started doing like the 80s montage lost in the woods kind of i was just like i'm out it wasn't for uh into the unknown into the unknown i got through that yes yeah. and then i was like this better get better like real quick <laughs> so i saw that film with family so my little niece <laughs> niece, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was listening. my little niece was there, and then like my 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 wife and her family were there, and so I, I'm in the movie, and I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, first Frozen was was fine, and I enjoyed it for what it was and everything, and, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting in this movie, and I'm just like, no, no, and at the end, <laughs> and at the end, I was like, I was like, honey that was terrible <laughs> and i was like i can't i i'm I, I was like i was like i'm gonna have to bite my tongue because i don't want to ruin this for my niece but that was so bad <laughs> like I the whole the time first I'm like, frozen yeah first frozen, was really first frozen is it, it's a movie that makes sense frozen 2 makes no sense it's just like it's so convolutedly it's so convoluted it's uh but anyway this is me going off on a <laughs> Are we in a tangent? Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say that that's me going off on a random tangent about Frozen 2. I'm sure everyone wants to hear that. Um, <laughs> JKDBuck76 says, Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Watch yes. that one. I've heard yes. excellent things. What? Huh? And then says, Ice Cream Bunny. I've heard great things about that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone then comment about the... Am I having a seizure? Did somebody just say Ice Cream Bunny? Santa Claus yes. and the ice cream bunny. <laughs> okay, just make it sure. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to talk about that because that's one of the movies Ooh. I read. Ooh. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, the, new yeah. Number, the new number two says the original V was just cheesy awesome. Yeah, the, the new one just wasn't very good. Um, Rosie G12, yes. Uh, so I saw Tina answer your question about the P.O. Box. I do have a P.O. Box, uh, 4432 Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, if you want to send me stuff, if you want me to open it on camera, just let me know. Put a note in there or something, or let me know in a message saying, "Hey, I sent you something. Could you open it on camera? If you open it on stream, and I'll totally do that. Um, otherwise, if there's no note or no notice, I'll just open it and enjoy whatever it is. And thank you uh, on the next stream. Cool. Uh, uh, we had a troll in here. Thank you very much, Tina, for taking care of that troll. I appreciate it. I'm uh, oh, sorry, I suck at my modding duties. <laughs> whatever. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Orange Chat then says, Lightspeed Wolves and the Time-Traveling Dimensions, as well as Lightspeed Whales, too. Those were beyond weird for me, but I gotta get going. Love you all. May the force be with you. Oh, thank you, Orange Chat. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't mind that as much because I thought it fit the universe that was being built um, within Rebels, w- w- within the world that Filoni had set up. So I didn't mind Yeah, that nice Orange Chat reviews. Come here and poop all over uh, re- <laughs> Rebels and then just leave. He's it's like, like by the way... <laughs> Yeah, I'm following you, Orange Hat. I got you. I'm, I'm coming after you now. <laughs> it, it's basically he basically just pulled a, a a Taika Waititi. He's like he's like, hold on, let me just you know crap all over your mythos, and uh, <laughs> I'll just crap all your wow. mythos for a second. Uh, Rosie Jean says, "I love Ryan's passion." Yeah, we were just saying that definitely for sure. Uh, JKD Buck seventy six. Speaking of Christmas movies, my son is watching Home Alone for the first time. Yes, JKD Buck. Yes, <gasps> yes. Talk about great Christmas movies. Yes, absolutely. Um, Thirstyth Warrior. Sandy Cheeks is greater than Larry the Lobster. Huh? 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 They had the tough part. 
Larry the Lobster. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> Larry the Lobster from SpongeBob. I was told that too. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now I get it. See, God, yeah. context, Thirsteenth Warrior. Context is so important. Because <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. Because I, I did watch SpongeBob when I was younger for a little you bit. You need a context moderator. So I really do. <laughs> I really do. I need a context shirt, is what I need. Like, just context. Context. Uh, Thirsty Warrior, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Jack Burton. Uh, JKD Buck, I wonder if the Santa Claus would be considered a Christmas movie. Sarcasm. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you. Would that be a Christmas movie? Ha! <laughs> You're so funny. Pat S., I sat behind a group of old, like 70 or 80s people in the theater watching Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> one, oh, wow. one lady says and i quote this movie hurts my eyes let's go <laughs> oh. don't hurt nana's eyes and, and that was always the best part of working at a theater was you'd have some people who would ask about a film or would walk out of a movie and the whole time i'd be like why were you in there in the first place <laughs> Like, uh, it was like, again, an older elderly people would go in and they would go into this like high action or the best was they would go into the IMAX screen and they would say, can you turn the sound down? It's too loud. (laughs) And I'm like, ma'am, that's the point of IMAX. It's supposed to be loud. I can't touch it, but it's too loud. Ma'am, I I can't like legally uh, where's a contract and I cannot change the volume. It's just, I'm not allowed to touch it. It's a part of the experience. And we'd often have to give uh, refunds because they just couldn't handle it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, CM Shazam, thank you for the $5 super chat, man. It says, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays to Odin Chat, and all from your Muslim fandom menace brother. Don't let them ruin our passions. Well, CM Shazam, thank you very much, good sir, for that. I really do appreciate it. Happy Holidays to you as well. Have a happy, happy new year for sure. And let's see. Uh, Father Christopher Miller is back. Father, always coming in at the last yeah, second. Father. Father is the king of failing failure to context, is what I like to say. <laughs> he just puts random things, and I'm like, what? Who? Where? Uh, he says, pardon me, boy, bo- boils? Boils? <laughs> Boisels? That the Chattanooga Choo Choo, yes, yes, track 29, boy, you give me a shine. I'm assuming that's a song. I, I don't know that. Uh, oh, my God. Sh- I that song. <laughs> that is such a classic Big Band song. <laughs> Should we sing for him, Tina? <laughs> sing, Father. Boys, is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo? Oh. Track 29, boy, you can give me a shine. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Tina. Ooh. Get it, girl. Yes. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so you know what i'm gonna say that's why you need to start your channel you can just do some christmas jingles some some jingles and jangles uh jkd buck says what not one of you mentioned the immortal hulk hogan christmas classic santa with muscles i actually think i own that movie because as i've mentioned previously i get sent films from mvd visual and uh aero video and I want to say one year, I think it was last year, I was sent that movie. So I have to check. I have a box full of those films. I'll have to check and see if I have it. Because I've never seen it. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, I liked Frozen 2. Of course you did, Alex. <laughs> right on <laughs> right, right on cue, Alex comes in. Hey, guys, remember how bad my movie tastes are? Yeah. It continues. Stephanie B is in the chat. What's going on, Stephanie, Stephanie B? B? What's going on, girl? 
Thank you for being here. Uh, Father Thank you for being here. Yes, for being <laughs> here. Mm. Uh, and then Father calls me out for not having seen going my way. Well, I'm sorry, Father. <laughs> I've already called him out. And I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so people have already got on. People have already got on my back. Uh, Father then says, I was just looking at Amazon to find out Blu-ray because Odin is a DVD snob. No, 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 no. It is not that I'm a snob. It's that DVD is trash when you compare it to the Blu-ray quality. I'm just going to say it. Once you see the difference, you can't go back, Father. You know this. Uh, At least, he then goes on, at least Santa Claus Conquers the Martians has Pia Zadora. Pia Zadora? Zadora. Zadora. Sorry. Uh, Stephanie then says, sorry I'm late. Work this Christmas week is always so crazy at the shelter. No problem at all, Stephanie B. And thank you again for all the work you do. Seriously. Uh, Stephanie B is an amazing human being. Both both my Valkyries are amazing human beings. And they must be given respect and love at all times. Uh, Preserver of culture, what's going on? Glad to see you here. Uh, Father says, but we have to forgive Odin as he is young and ignorant. Ah! <laughs> well, well, thank you for that. And then... And then, of course, before then, he called me out saying, wow, Odin is ignorant for classical Big Bang music. Yes. Did I ever claim not to be? He doesn't even know the 80s. You expect him to know the 80s. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. He then said, before then, he had said, fooey on you. Well, a oh, po- fooey. Well, well, a, well, a pox oh. upon your house, father. A pox wow. upon you. Wow. Yes, that's right. All a pox. curses are flying. Mm, in yes, they are. You say oh. fooey, I say a pox upon you. <laughs> I bite my thumb at you, Odin. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll say bah humbug to that. Bah humbug. Rob D says, uh, oh, sorry, Rob D, thank you for being here, good sir. Uh, Alex McCarthy, context the merchandise. Context the flamethrower. Context Spaceballs. Wow, that's a lot of context, Alex. I appreciate that. Spaceballs the flamethrower. Father says, any chance of a stream of Kirk Cameron saving Christmas? <laughs> what? <laughs> mm, probably not. You never heard of that one? I, I have heard of that one, uh, but not in a good way. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay, okay. Let's just see. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. All right. Reset. Reset. Thirsty Warrior, here, here for the Valkyries. Amen. Uh, Pat S says, uh, did Odin read my top three list or did it skip? Uh, uh, Was there a top three list? Yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah, yep. Father says, you're a snob. Oh, thank you, Father. And you call yourself a priest? Calling me a snob like that? How dare you? Uh, Father says, but he... Okay, now I got that one. Where is Pat S's... Pat S says, AMC West Bank will just let old people go into other pictures. Yeah. So, so Pat S is from my neck of the woods, and so I worked at the AMC Elmwood, and um, we sometimes would do the same thing, uh, especially because when they're older, it's like I can't, can't tell them not to. Pat S, I'm gonna try and see if I can find your list. Um, okay, I had that comment. When was it posted? Because it might have i think i saw it way 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 at the beginning way way back so i don't know if you can go back that far or not probably not i i assumed i would have read it if it was earlier on but maybe i didn't i think tina should sing to us while we look for this comment (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, father called me out. He says, Odin knows the 1500s, but not the 1980s. I'm a theologian, father. I'm a theologian, father. Of course I know the 1500s. That's the Protestant Reformation era. Of course I would know that time of history. Ah, 1980s. All right. As I said, Father just puts a bunch of these random comments that make it so hard. Lord <laughs> Toth says, still going strong. Thank you, Lord Toth, for being here. Uh, let's see. Rosie G12 says, uh, hey, Odin, I, and I ex- uh, so Father, Tina, and I expect a full review of Going My Way when I send it to you. Well, thank you, Rosie G. I, I, I very much appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, that means a lot. Uh, I like getting that. Oh, and Pat says, top three movies that Kevin Spacey ruined by being a huge creep in real life. American Beauty, Baby Driver, and Usual Suspects. I will say the only one, in my opinion, that he truly has ruined is American Beauty because he plays a creep in the movie. We find out he's a creep in real life, and so it kind of brings a whole new dimension to that movie. Um, It's like he wasn't even acting. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ooh, I don't know about this. Whereas Baby Driver and Usual Suspects, like, they're good movies, and I can separate art from the artist in those films, so. All right. Had it L.A. Confidential. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that film, have not watched it yet. But I do have it. You've never seen L.A. Confidential? No. No. I haven't. I I know. I know. I know. I know. Jake and Buck says Kevin Spacey discussed him, though, so, I, I mean, I don't know if I should at this point. I don't know. I mean, just gonna throw it, it out there. It's well, I'm not gonna drop any spoilers or anything, but he's actually very good in it. I've heard, um, I've heard really good things about it. So it's a great movie, and that was as much as I like Titanic. L.A. Confidential should have won Best Picture that mm. year, and none of the men in the movie got an Oscar nomination, but Kim Basinger did. And I remember oh. a friend of mine said, because uh, she won it, and a friend of mine said, yeah, if I was opposite all those great actors, I would have won an Oscar too. And that's very mm. true because all of them brought her level up. Okay. Cause she's acting opposite Guy Pierce, mm. Russell yeah. Crowe, um, James Cromwell. Oh, wow. Um, that is really Danny good DeVito. Oh, I love Danny DeVito. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Danny DeVito hasn't aged in years. Who hasn't? Danny DeVito. No, he still looks the same. (laughs) He still looks the same. I'm like, (laughs) that dude right here. I mean, because I I look at him and I'm like, he's got to be like ancient now. And then I'm like, oh, he's he's actually still relatively young. Well, you know what seems to happen in Hollywood? It's like. They don't age, they don't age, they don't age, and all of a sudden it's like the age catches up with them, mm-hmm. and then you see them and you're like, oh, damn, what happened there? Well, for him, he's he's 76 years old. Oh. Oh, wow. Mm. He looks great. I'm just going to be honest, he looks great. Well, it was like that with Goldie Hawn. Mm. I mean, she looked great for, like, years. And then, like, I saw her recently, and I was like, oh, okay, caught up with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right, well, Tina, what you been watching? Been watching uh, Cinema Tyler's channel on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, He's dropped a few documentaries about, uh, he's been doing Full Metal Jacket and the making of it. 
And I had no idea that Vincent D'Onofrio and um, Matthew Modine at one point wanted to kill each other because <laughs> they came from different oh, acting schools. Um, I think Modine studied under Lee Strasberg and D'Onofrio studied under another well-known acting coach. So they're coming from different sides. But during the, the scene when they beat the D'Onofrio character with the soap, I think Modine was kind of letting a lot of his, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you really come out in that scene. <laughs> so I've been watching that. I've been watching a lot of bad movies on <laughs> MST. Thank you, 13th Warrior, Stella Adler. Yeah, and I had I was had never heard of her before. But uh, he was explaining like, Strasbourg, I think, is more like, uh, what is it? Oh, she getting into the moment or you have to base it on your life experiences. And Adler was more like, no, you just take the character as it is and build from that. Mm. And uh, yeah, and Rossi G12 is right. D'Onofrio is crazy in real life. I heard he cracked up on the set of Law and Order and they had to haul him off on a stretcher. I don't know how what? true that is. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, well, the two best movies I saw <laughs> over the last few weeks were the original thing. Our Hawks okay. is the thing from another world. Huh. And uh, it's nothing, I mean, it's kind of similar to, I guess, the better known one that Carpenter did, which... Mm -hmm. I flat out refused to see. My mother hmm. saw it several times. She was like, oh, you got to see this. And I was like, no, I don't. I only see all this stuff popping out. I went through Alien. So <laughs> I've had enough of that. Oh, it's so um, good, though. <laughs> that's what I've heard. So maybe one day. But yeah. the original is very good. It's a classic 50s sci-fi. Uh, and I saw Father Goose for the first time with Cary Grant and Leslie Caron. And I kind of just came in on it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty interesting. And uh, Cary Grant plays a former history teacher who goes off to kind of a deserted island in the South Pacific. And then the the Navy ends up kind of hiring him to watch for Japanese planes since he's there. And Leslie Caron ends up there. She's a school teacher and she's got these girls with her. And of course, they fall in love, you know. <laughs> And uh, so I, I thought it was really cute. I, I've heard of it before, but I had never seen it. Hmm. Uh, so those were the two top movies that I saw. I finally, I told you this, I think in the chat, I finally saw Arrival. Yeah, what'd you think? It, it was okay. Uh, it's a very, very slow burn. And I was glad my head was clear so that I could kind of follow what was going on. Mm, yeah. But like towards the end, I was kind of laughing because when she's talking about, uh, she's got to get, she's having the dream or whatever about the Chinese premiere. And I said, Oh, okay. She's a China lover. <laughs> <laughs> and, but no, it was pretty good. I might try to look at it again. Cause I know I missed a lot, but, uh, Nathan, when I came in on it the first time, it was like near the beginning and it was like nothing was going on. And the yeah. next thing I knew, it was like I woke up and I was like, 
oh, okay, I don't have any clue what's going on, <laughs> so I just need to, it's you know. A, it's a very slow, dry burn, that is for sure. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bruce, I agree. I love Father Goose, and um, Brian has been trying to get me into, I am going to mess up this name. He's a Soviet director named Sergei Parajanov. I think that's okay. how they said it in the documentary, and I found a video on him on youtube and mm-hmm. he sounds like he's a pretty visual and interesting director and i'll have to check him out sometime but right through here my those are the kind of movies from the clips they were showing those are the kind of movies where my brain has to be so clear if i'm going to read subtitles and i'm trying to follow the visuals and you know all of that uh but mostly i've been watching riff tracks and mystery science theater You've been watching it still on the uh, on Pluto TV? On Pluto, yeah. Yeah. I just go back and forth. So some of the movies I've seen, and I know some of the people in the chat have heard of these movies, Miami Connection, which is from the 80s, and it's about a rock band that practiced kung fu in their spare time. And they're battling ninjas in Miami and Orlando. While playing music, by chance? While playing music. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like this disclaimer or something at the end of the movie after we've seen all this blood and people's heads wiped off and people getting stabbed with swords and everything. And the director, writer of the movie, who I guess is the Asian Tommy Wiseau, he puts up this not until we get rid of all violence in the world will there be peace. And I'm like, this movie has been nothing but violence. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I saw that. The classic Samurai Cop. I've heard of this one. I finally actually heard of one of the movies. Yes. (laughs) They had to bring him back at one point. And I think he had cut his hair, the lead. Mm-hmm. And so he has a woman's wig on in certain scenes. Oh, boy. And it's, it'll be like they'll be in a backyard fighting. But then all of a sudden, the set is like they're out on a beach or they're in the forest or something. It's like, okay, when did they move? When did, when did this happen? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hot mess. Samurai Cop 2, which I've never seen because I have a feeling... He's so aware of the first movie being a cult movie that he's like, okay, I'm going to put all this stuff in it and people will think that's funny. And I've just never gotten around to it, but Samurai Cop 2 does have Tommy Wiseau in it. I actually never knew that. If you can get through Samurai Cop, it's just... I have to see it now. Now now. There's this one scene where they're chasing the bad guys and he's just... uh, His partner is driving... And he's going, shoot him, shoot now, shoot him now, shoot, shoot. And then he hangs out the window and pop, 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 pop. And of course, vans are flying everywhere and a guy's on fire. And I mean, it's just a typical stupid movie. (laughs) Father Christopher, do not mention Roller Gator. Oh my gosh, that movie is, it's like, oh my God. Is that what I think it is? Is Is that an alligator on roller skates? The girl is on roller skates. The gator rides on her back in a backpack. Wait, 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 wait. There's a there's an alligator in a backpack. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he's a sassy alligator, too. He's sassy. He's sassy. And the star of the movie is Emilio Estevez and what's his name's uh, uncle. But he calls himself Estevez. But you look at him and you go, oh, my God, that's one of the Estevez family. Oh, my gosh. And this is what he does. Yes. So sassy gator. But, yeah, the girl's <laughs> trying to help him out and help him get back to whoever owns him. And he's just like, you know, oh, you need to brush your teeth. Their breath smells. And... <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with an alligator? Not just speaking, but being sassy in a backpack. I don't, I don't know. I didn't make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nathan, there is a Samurai Cop 2 and Tommy Wiseau is in it. He's supposed to, Tommy's playing the bad guy. Mm. Uh, Father Christopher, I think it is the same Estevez as in Soul Taker. I think it is. I've only mm. seen Soul Taker once. And no, 13th Warrior is not a leopard skin backpack. <laughs> 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 okay. okay, I saw the <laughs> 19th 1959 Santa Claus, which is a Mexican movie, mm -hmm. and it won awards because they said this was the first Mexican fantasy movie, mm -hmm. and it's about, but it's very, it's very much nightmare fuel because Santa Claus lives in a castle on a cloud, and but it's supposed to be at the North Pole, and all his elves are diverse children. And at the beginning of the movie, it's like he's playing on a pipe organ and uh, the kids are doing things from their native lands. So when you see the African kids, they're doing like, you know, like oh, 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 with spears and shields and stuff. And the Mexican kids are doing little Mexican dances and the American kids are dressed up as cowboys and playing guitars. It's Bonkers is what this sounds like. <laughs> and Merlin works with Santa Claus. Merlin. As, and there's a magic rose that makes Santa Claus invisible. And it kind of follows the story of like one little girl, her family is very, very poor. And she keeps getting tempted. Oh, there's a demon in it. I forgot him. Satan sends this demon to Earth to thwart Santa Claus and ruin everything. So the little girl, the demon keeps tempting her like, oh, you want that dolly. You steal that dolly. And she picks it up and then she puts it back. Then there's these three little boys that they're into everything. And uh, Santa gets, he leaves them cold, of course. And then there's another little boy. His father's a businessman. Mother's a society lady. And he just wants to, that's his Christmas present mm. that's what he asked santa for please let my parents spend more time with me Aww. and the movie is just so weird because like when santa's spying on the kids you know like he knows when you're sleeping and all of that he's got like this eye that comes out of the castle and it's like scanning stuff it's very <laughs> But that was Santa Claus. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I saw Red Zone Cuba, which is one of my all-time favorite bad movies, directed by Coleman Francis, who would make Ed Wood 
look like one of the greatest directors of all time. Oh my goodness. John Carradine's in this film. He's at the beginning. He has like a 30 second scene. This reporter comes up to him and says, do you remember when those those guys who had escaped and uh, they took the train to wherever and John Carradine goes, yeah, they ran all the way to hell with a broken cigarette and a penny in their pocket. (laughs) And then John Carradine launches into this pretty cool theme song, but then the rest of the movie falls to pieces. But can you sing that theme song for us, Tina? (laughs) I don't know the words. I just sound like, my train to something, something, my train to the end. (laughs) I feel like that those would work as the lyrics to this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just stupid. You've got these three convicts. Some army guy signs them up and then says, oh, we're going to Cuba for an invasion. It's called Bay of Pigs. That's where we're going to land. So after like 12 hours of training, they land at the Bay of Pigs. They get captured. There's some Cuban girl in there with a gun that looks like Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, some dude, I think that was supposed to be Castro, but you know, you're like, yeah, I don't think so. But was and it was they, it Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, it could have been, but she never would. She would never want to admit to being in a Coleman Francis. Uh, that'd movie. be great if it was like an uncredit, <laughs> uncredited appearance by Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> but they escape from Cuba, and then they come back to the United States, even though Cuba looked like the United States. And the lieutenant who was in or captain who was in the prison with them tells them, oh, there's like this mine near my home and it's got tungsten or something. So they go back, they have all these adventures, they jump on the train that Carradine was singing about and they get to the house where the guy's wife lives and she's like, oh, well, if you all, I'll take you up there where the mine is and then the FBI shows up and some local cops and she gets shot and somebody just comes along picks up her body and throws it into the back of a pickup truck and the guys get caught and francis a coleman francis this is one of the few movies he was ever in Hmm. so he's directing and wrote it and produced it and he's starring in it (sighs) yeah (laughs) it's uh yeah it's a real (laughs) now can you tell me about attack of the giant leeches Attack of the Giant Leeches is just what? I just see this on your list and I'm like, what is this film? It's another one of those 50s F movies. It's not even a good B movie. (laughs) And these people, like when they go out on this lake, they suddenly disappear. So it's like, you know, what's making you disappear? And, And there are these giant leeches that drag the people down to leech land, I guess, and suck their (laughs) blood. And then the bodies float back up and people go, oh, my God. And you have the typical, typical love story. And then they blow up the lake. And I guess the leeches are dead at the end. (laughs) How do they die? Who kills them? I guess the, the some guy, I think he was from the army. I don't know. He might have been a naturalist that carried bombs with him. I don't know. And <laughs> the funniest was, thing ever is to like be kind of half listening to this. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> typical love interest. Oh, darling, please don't. 
go into the boat and go down there and wait, wait, set the wait, off. wait, wait. So, what, Laura, what did you hear? No, it's like you're kind of. I'm eating my pizza right now. Yeah, and I'm kind of like half listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear something just like completely ridiculous. And you're like, what? Did I just hear that? giant leeches? What in the world? <laughs> Oh my God. Like, what's going on? And Father Christopher, Village of the Giants with Ron Howard. That movie gets on my nerves, but the the first time I ever saw it, I was like, there's Opie, because he's Opie age in Village oh. of the Giants. Yeah. Huh. Why do okay. his parents let him go into a terrible film like that? Oh, Village of the Giants. Yeah, it's bad. Somebody said Joe Estevez. That's his name, Joe Estevez. Oh, and okay. he will. He will show up in these just terrible movies. He's not in the movies that his nephews and his more famous brother, Martin Sheen, were in. Yeah, Brian, I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, Fun in Balloon Land. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't remember how I got introduced (laughs) to that movie, but... Oh, no look at that. Bl- for it. I think they said if you go on IMDb, there is like no director, no producer, nothing. Oh, no one goodness. will take credit for it. But it's someone and named Joseph Son- Sonborn Jr.? Somebody actually took credit for it? That's what's on uh, Letterboxd. It says directed by Joseph N. Sonborn Jr. Oh, my God. <laughs> never... It's. It's. It starts out with this, we're having fun in balloon land, a cow jumping over the moon land. <laughs> yes. So we have a terrible theme song. And then we have this kid dressed up like Steve McQueen. And he's sitting in this lady's lap. I guess she's supposed to be like Mother Goose. She falls asleep. He goes over in a corner like a Blair Witch Project or something. And he's supposed to be having this dream and it's like there's ballet dancers and kids passed out on the floor. Then they get up and start singing Ring Around the Rosie. Then he dreams he's like underwater and there's a couple of women in mermaid outfits and some old guy that I'm like, no, kid, you need to run. I guess he's supposed to be Neptune, but he's wearing like a white nightshirt and a crown. And then the kid does cowboy stuff. And then it's like he's in a barn with these other kids. And I think they've broken the space-time continuum because they just jump from one area to the other. So this movie is not edited well. Then the movie leaves Balloon Land and goes to this Gimbal's Thanksgiving parade in Philadelphia. Well, because there's balloons, right? Yeah. Well, you have marching bands. The balloon, the balloon world land is now entering the real world because the balloons have to enter into the real world, right? I'm assuming that's how they're going to justify. It. I guess. Well, the woman who narrates it sounds like she's been huffing glue and drinking at the same time because she go. Look at the band. The band is going by Hickory Dickory Dock. The mouse ran up the clock. Oh my gosh. This is hippo. She's definitely on something, if not glue, that's for sure. Oh, it's hilarious listening to the narrator. (laughs) So you have this parade, you have, you know, like marching bands, you have the balloons and they're, you know, like 
Scrooge and Tiny Tim and uh, Aladdin or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then Santa Claus shows up at the end and it's a real Santa, but he's in a slave with uh, the reindeer or balloons. And then we go back to Balloon Land and hear the song again. So that's fun in Balloon Land. Um, I saw The Last Shark, which is an Italian Jaws ripoff. <laughs> and the only star of the movie is, oh my gosh, now I've forgotten his name. Oh, shoot. Somebody in the chat help me. Uh, what's it from again? Uh, Let's see, The Last Shark. Rat Patrol, I think. Let me see. And he died tragically in the making of the Twilight Zone movie. All right. This says James <laughs> Franciscus Vic Morrow. Uh, Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. James Franciscus is one of those actors. It's like, well, if you can't get somebody else, you get James Franciscus back in the day. <laughs> he even played a blind detective on a TV show once. Uh, how you do that, I don't know. And thank you, Riff Magus. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick Magus just donated $50 via Streamlabs. Thank you very much, good sir. He says, Hail Odin. This should cover the last few live streams that I've missed. I hope you're well. Well, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. I always love when people donate because it gets to show my little puppy. And it's always making me very happy to see a little puppy looking like, Mary, did you know that you're a baby boy? And 13th Warrior is absolutely right. That's why it breaks my heart when I saw Vic Morrow in this Jaws ripoff. Because he's playing the Robert Shaw character and comes to just about as bad an end. But I, I always go back to him making that Twilight Zone movie and he had a horrible death because he and those Vietnamese immigrant children were filming. They had them filming after hours. The children should not have even been there because there are labor laws. And there was a miscue on the helicopter and the helicopter crashed and killed Vic Morrow and the two children. That is a freak accident. I will not watch that movie. I refuse to. I mm. saw the clip showing the accident and I said, I will never ever watch this movie. Um, but every time I think about Vic Morrow, yeah, I always think about the Twilight Zone and everybody that was connected to it. John Landis never got convicted. I think Spielberg was kind of a producer on it or something. He was never brought up on anything. And it was just, yes, preserve our culture is right. Yeah, it beheaded him. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, I saw Poor the clip Lord. years and years ago. It was like they ran it one time, and that was the only time I ever saw it. Damn. And that was before I went to work for the police department. And I was like, they need to charge somebody with something because this is just complete malfeasance. Oh, yeah, at least. But everybody got away with it. So, wow. uh, yes, Nathan, it was an Italian Jaws ripoff. And it was pretty bad because at one point you don't see the shark. You see a balloon floating around and everybody's screaming, Oh my gosh, it's a shark. And I'm like, okay, so now the shark is eating people. And this shark is so smart that it actually attached a rope to a piece of the pier and yanked the pier and pulled it out to sea so he could eat people. Mm -hmm. 
So that was the last shark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the last shark. Oh, you're just like, yeah, um, that was the last shark, you know. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> uh, Secret Agent Super Dragon. That's another one of those James Bond ripoffs that was made in Italy or Spain, and they badly dubbed it. And this is one that you've um, seen multiple times, according to your diary. Oh, yeah. It's, it's about <laughs> drugged chewing gum, and he's got to find out who is distributing it. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. I like, um, was it Danger Death Ray? I like it better. I mean, they're both terrible, but I like it better. <laughs> one is not like the other. <laughs> one is not like the other. And so I don't know. I don't know when it's coming out. I haven't heard anymore about Tommy's. Tommy was so shark movie. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Um, I watched, and this is one I've looked at a lot. It's called The Castle of Fu Manchu, and you'll never ever see this now. Christopher Lee is playing arch villain Fu Manchu. He plays Fu Manchu. So he's in complete Asian. Makeup. Oh, oh. Yeah, that couldn't be made today. No, you'd never see it made today. And he wants to freeze the world so he can take it over. Don't ask. He's got a world. He's got a machine that will freeze the oceans. Also, I just posted it in the chat, but Big Shart is set to be released in 2021 because it got caught with production delays. Which, oh, wow. Even if it wasn't a COVID year, I would expect nothing less from Tommy Wiseau. The great Tommy Wiseau. Oh, my gosh. But Fu Manchu, when I watch it on Mr. Science Theater, they like to make jokes through the extremely long credits. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they show the director's name, and one of the bots starts going to the theme song. Harry Allen Towers. Harry Allen Towers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. I love, I, now. Love, I love the natural vibrato on your voice. Yes. Uh, JKD Buck 76. Yes. It was a real movie and. Yeah, uh, I don't know which one you're talking about, but yeah, Super Dragon has... At first I thought you were going to say, yes, I was accidentally on LSD. I was accidentally on LSD. Because I was reading both parts of the question, I heard you say, and yes, and I'm like, oh, oh, we're going to find out something spicy here. Thank you, Thirteen Warrior. And then the other two that I saw, again, on Mystery Science Theater 3000... The Wild World of Batwoman, directed by Jerry Warren, who brought us Frankenstein Island. Yes! He's and returned. Catherine, he's returned. And Catherine Victor, I didn't even recognize her because she's like 20 years younger. The one who played Sheila Frankenstein, the now iconic character yeah. from Frankenstein Island, she plays Batwoman. But she's wearing a mask the entire movie. Okay, I have to read this description for a second. It says, Beyond Wildest Dreams, the pointlessly named Batwoman and her <laughs> bevy of bat maidens fight evil yes. and yes. dance. Mm -hmm. Now, it makes me think, are they fighting both evil and dance, or are they fighting evil <laughs> while dancing? That description well, uh, is very, uh, I, I would be very upset if they weren't fighting dance, based on this description. Well... There's a supervillain in it named Ratfink. 
and he's created a drug that will make everybody dance. And this is the 60s, so we're talking about go-go dancing. And yeah, of that course, kind of yeah. Uh, and yeah, she has these hot babes that they're her bat girls, and they don't really do anything, but they have like this pledge, and I was like, I wish I could remember, but it's like, we... The women uh, that follow a Batwoman pledge to do this and this and this, and they don't really do anything. They sit around, they listen to her play the organ. Uh, they actually watch the man get murdered, and the only thing they did was sit behind the trash cans and go, oh, look, someone's gotten mugged and murdered. Let's call it in to Batwoman. And th- but they don't do anything. That acting reminds me of the, the small child from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um <laughs> Oh no, Master Skywalker. <laughs> what are we going to do? But only these are grown grown women going, Oh my goodness. Oh, what will we do? Call that woman. <laughs> and uh, what was it? Somebody, something about an atomic hearing aid hmm. and a magnetic, oh, the magnetic electron device was what Rat Tink was going to use to destroy the world. And I love the villain's name is Ratfink. Ratfink. And then he does something and he multiplies and he's like, ah, ha, ha, well, catch me now, Batwoman, because there's like dozens of us. And so they're all running around in a circle, Batwoman's women and all these Ratfinks. And one of the bots said, what is this, a weird ass nanny?" Because the music is I think I want Tina to just like sing all of my life like with both like song and and all instruments and song lyrics by Tina. That's what I want. Um and I want my I want my life to be a hootenanny. Yeah, there you go. Weird ass hootenanny. Oh, they even stole a scene from a B movie called The Mole People. Hmm. And and if you see if you've seen The Mole People, the second you see that, you're like, wait a minute, how did Mole People get into Wild World of Batwoman? Uh, and I think I had mentioned this before. That's the one where one of the the duplicate rat thinks is swinging on a rope, and I think it's Mike that says, "I wish I was hanging from that rope right now." <laughs> I agree. I mean, even though it's near the end of the movie, you're like, I, I don't know if I can take much more of this. This is, oh my gosh. Um, and it has some kind of stupid ending. It's like the room gets blown up, everybody gets blown up, and they just land on a beach. And everybody's intact. End of story. And one of the bad guys, <laughs> one of the bad guys reforms because he's in love with one of the bad girls. So... <laughs> There you are. <laughs> and then the last one I saw, the classic Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. <sighs> I like how you, I like how you're just like, oh, what can I say about this? Movie? I don't know what you can say. Um Santa's reindeer, he's delivering pre no, he's it's not even Christmas Eve yet. He's delivering presents. The reindeers leave him on a beach in Florida. And then he starts using his mind powers to call these kids to come help him. He has mind powers. He's like, <laughs> kids, Stevie, 
Bobby! Yeah, he's got mind powers. (laughs) And the kids come to help him and they bring all kinds of animals to try, like horses, cows, pigs, dogs. Nothing works. Santa just keeps going, it is so hot. Oh, it's so hot. And then at one point he's taking his coat off and you're like, oh my God, Santa's going to strip. <laughs> Let it not be that kind of movie, please. Let it Let not, not be that, be that kind of movie. No. So the kids come back after they've been unable to help him, and it's so funny because there's this one girl. If you see, if you ever see the scene, he's telling them, "We have to have perseverance, kids, and never give up on anything." And uh this one girl is sitting there and she is giving Santa the evil eye. It's just like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why my parents put me in this crappy movie. Just hurry up and get me out of it. So depending on what version you see, you either get enough, well, you get a movie within a movie. So we're in a movie, we're watching a movie, and then we get another movie. Depending on what version you get, you either get Jack and the Beanstalk or you get Thumbelina. And it actually rolls credits for the other section. <laughs> and it's brought to you by Pirate's World. Pirate's what? Pirate's World was this little rinky dinky amusement park in Orlando. Orlando. And they ended up, the land, I guess, got bought out by a certain other company. But if you saw Pirates World, you're like, how the hell would anybody pass up Pirates World and go to Disney? I mean, <laughs> Pirates World has so much. It, it has it like all. A, it has it all. It looks like a death trap. <laughs> so then this girl, it's like you see her on the rides and they're singing this terrible song. And I was Thumbelina. And this looks like, oh my gosh. Okay, so then she goes into this room with this like little set you know little toys and stuff and this woman is on a loudspeaker telling the story of Thumbelina and it's a terrible version of the fairy tale so now you have to sit through that and then that finally comes to an end and like I said in some versions you get Jack and the Beanstalk same bad quality of everything then you go back to Santa on the beach Telling the kids, well, you have to persevere, kids. And it's like, oh, my gosh, Santa, shut up. So the kids <laughs> run off. Santa still, he's starting to strip down again. I'm like, oh, no, Santa, don't, don't, please don't. Please stop, don't. Stop, no. <laughs> and then you hear this fire engine, and you look up, and the kids are on this, like, old-fashioned fire engine, and the ice cream bunny is driving it. I see that that is the poster. And yep. what I find amazing is that this is literally the tagline on the poster. The amazing story of Santa in big trouble and his exciting rescue by the dar- by the daring ice cream bunny. It's breathtaking. Fun <laughs> for all. It's only breathtaking if you had ingested LSD. Yes, I, I would agree. And it says, poor Santa Claus, this live-action feature finds his sleigh stuck in the sand on a Florida beach only days before Christmas Eve. 
What you doing in the Florida beaches, Santa? I don't even know. But no, Ice Cream Bunny shows up and Rift Track said that was one of the few times that they were at a loss for words. <laughs> because the, the, what is it, the ADR of the kids singing, mm. it doesn't match. The kids oh, are just moving no. their mouths and you hear kids singing. Ice Cream Bunny cannot see in his costume, so he is literally driving off the road. You see him a few times, like, instead of him being on the road, he's driving off in the grass. Wow. He, he almost hit the dog. <laughs> at one point. <laughs> this bunny shouldn't be driving. No, I think the bunny, I think the bunny had been drinking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love how Riff Tracks does it, because when the bunny, Santa Claus says, the ice cream bunny, of course. It's like, why of course? Nobody's ever heard of the ice cream bunny. Of course. Of course, the ice cream bunny, of course. <laughs> and ice cream bunny is just like, you know, you're not even getting any kind of expression from the person that's wearing the head. And... Um, Riff tracks, they'll always say, Yeah, we saw some crazy things in Nam, didn't we? He mentions Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that's a story that we should have been told is the ice cream bunny and Santa in <laughs> Nam. <laughs> that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? That's a story for a later time. That is. Oh, but that's. Uh, we'll tell that story another time. Oh. It's like, but that's the story you want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. That. <laughs> but yeah. tell it right now. It's like all this stuff's going on, and you're like, wait a minute. Did you just say that when you were in Nam? Why didn't you tell us that story <laughs> instead of you being stuck on the beach? Or telling us about Thumbelina. Oh, yeah, Thumbelina. And the Jack, Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalk. Why are you talking about Nam? Well, let's talk about Nam. Yeah. So that's one of Ice Cream Bunny, the Mexican Santa Claus, mm-hmm. Santa Claus meets uh, Conquers the Martians. Those are like my go-to bad Christmas yeah. movies. Yeah. So, and Bryant wanted me, he was asking me about um, Orson Welles. And Odin, thanks again for sending me Mank. I haven't had a chance yeah. to look at it. Because I really wanted to devote the evening to it. Yeah. <laughs> General Winster said Santa was storming the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I real I do really want to see it. And uh I think a movie I had recommended to you uh was um oh shoot. RKO mm-hmm. one eighty. I think that's the number. But that was the number that the studio gave to Citizen Kane as far as like this is the production number. And that was the uh, documentary that you had recommended, right? Now, RKO 180, watch it. I, I know I probably got the number wrong. Yeah. That is with, um, oh, shoot. Sorry, I can't think of his name. Chad. He was in the Wolverine movie uh, with Hugh Jackman. And it's they not, were it's, up- it, it wasn't Hugh Jackman. Not Hugh Jackman. No. Okay. The other guy. He's married to Naomi Watts, or he used to be. Oh. Also, Jake uh, Buck just says, "Ugh, Santa moves." I'll pass. I can't think. I can't Leave Schreiber. His name, but who is it? Leave Schreiber. That's him. Leave Schreiber. He yeah. plays Orson Welles, and okay. um, I think John Malkovich plays uh, 
making that. Okay. And uh, James Cromwell plays uh, Hearst. Mm -hmm. And Melanie Griffith plays, um, oh, shoot. You know who I'm talking about. Hearst's girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just need to say, Charles Dance and Mank is so good as William Randolph Hearst. I'm really really looking forward to it. Uh, I want to just do a triple feature. I want to watch You want to watch all all three of those movies? All three of them. And there is a documentary out there uh, about the making of it. And so at what see- point in that time of you watching these movies do you watch Cats? Oh, dear. Well, let's see when I've ingested. Because <laughs> when you said triple feature, I thought you meant, oh, you're going to watch Cats, Mank, and one of the other films I sent you? Because that would be quite a experience. It would be an experience, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, as far as, like, Orson Welles, uh, it was really funny because Cinema Tyler just dropped a video that I did not know Orson Welles did uh, Macbeth the same year that Lawrence Olivier did Hamlet. And mm-hmm. Hamlet won Best Picture. I think he won Best uh, – Olivier won Best Director and I think Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that. But the two of them approached Shakespeare from two different levels, uh, which was kind of interesting. Now I'm like, okay, where can I find Wells's uh, Macbeth so I can see that? But, yeah um, – when people talk, always talk about studio interference, mm-hmm. it's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, Eric von Stroheim, his greed, I've mm-hmm. talked about that before, how they mutilated it yeah. as far as von Stroheim was concerned. And that was studio interference. Now, Wells had complete control of Citizen Kane, but when it came to Magnificent Ambersons, it is such a mess because... The U.S. government had sent Wells to South America to make like a pro-American movie during Mm -hmm. World War II. And while he's down there partying and everything, everybody up back in the States or in Hollywood were like, okay, what are we going to do about Magnificent Ambersons? And does he want to cut this way? We need to send him telegrams. And Orson, what do you want? What do you want? And finally, the studio just kind of stepped in and said, well, here's what we're going to do, snip, snip, snip. And I think it had a bad reaction in some little town that they uh, showed it in. And they were like, okay, well, now we got to do more cutting. So, yeah, you come back and find out your baby's been mutilated by a studio that's just like, well, we need to lop a half hour off of it or uh, we're going to lop this storyline out of it. So now it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, he just kind of went out on his own and he there were some projects he finished and some that he didn't. And of course, when I first heard of Orson Welles, thankfully it was seen Citizen Kane when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And oh, Bruce, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I would really like to see I would really like to see it. Um, You're such a talented uh, actor and, and director and just all the things. And I feel like, you know, it, it's it's great to have films like Mank come out that really I think yeah. dive further into you know even though that one's not necessarily diving further into his life and his role uh, just to give more light to one of his projects is an amazing thing exactly because with I I've, I sent you the link I think the book called the brothers Mankiewicz about yeah. him and his brother mm-hmm. and his brother his stellar career 
got destroyed thanks to Cleopatra because they brought him in like, we need somebody to direct this movie and finish it up. Can you do it? And the man was popping pills mm-hmm. to either go to sleep or to wake up. And sometimes they would find him. He would just be like sitting at his desk three, four in the morning. This scene's not going to work. This scene's not going to work. And Cleopatra, that's the reason why it has that attachment of, oh, it was the most expensive movie at the time and it never made its money back. That's not true. It did eventually make its money back. But everybody at 20th Century Fox was putting their little things onto the Cleopatra budget. So if Hmm. some exec wanted to take his girlfriend to Mexico for the weekend, how you hide it? You hide it in the Cleopatra budget. And so I'm sure they're doing that kind of crap today. Oh yeah, I mean this is something that definitely has has never uh, never stopped, never ended. And you had mentioned before how you you'd previously mentioned studios have always interfered. One of the movies that I always mention is a really great Frank Darabont film uh, with uh, Jim Carrey called The Majestic. I've mentioned it before, yes. and, and it dives yeah. into it too, where it's this guy who writes B movies. Like that's his kind of go to is that he is always given or always writes for these B movies. And he's trying to get a little bit better, trying to get into the A films, um, but he just quite can't get there. But the film opens up with him and producers and the producers are going through and tearing his script apart and just adding all this random crap because he's like, yeah, audiences love that. Yeah. Audiences love that. Audiences love that. And, and he's just sitting there like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Add the dog, even though there's no dog in the script. There's no dog. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just don't think Wells ever again achieved what he had with Citizen Kane when Hollywood was on their knees crawling to this young genius after War of the Worlds and saying, uh, we need you. We want you to come out here and uh, make a movie for us. And you can make any project and we're not going to touch you. Uh, And he did. So... Yeah, I, I know in one documentary they said that when the Academy gave that Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, that was mainly for Mankiewicz. It was mm-hmm. not because Wells worked on it. Yeah. Because at that point they despised him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why it's amazing how in the Oscars, you know, technically both of them got an Oscar for it. And it's uh, that's why uh, Mank is really cool because it, it actually takes the story all the way up and includes the Oscars. And so it includes oh. it includes them not neither of them being there to accept it, and then uh-huh. also what Mankiewicz had to say about Orson Welles after the fact, which I found interesting too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, it, but yeah, like yeah. I said, uh, and General Winston's right, test audiences can be an abomination because Magnificent Anderson's once you see the restored version, it's a really lovely movie. It's not Citizen Kane. You can't go into it expecting that. Yeah, I think that's why I was disappointed the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, this is going to be Citizen Kane, and it's not. Yeah. And uh, But I love Citizen Kane. I'm, so th- I'm thankful I saw it when I was 12 years old, and mm-hmm. it just, you know, I was just floored by it. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I hope... That helped, Bryant. You said you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but I, say, I saw him post it several times, and so uh, thank, yes. you, thank you for yeah. responding to it. And, yeah, someone had mentioned David Fincher. Yeah, David Fincher did Mank. Yes, Jonah Wingster, it is on Netflix uh, currently. And it's, as I said, it's my favorite film of 2020. It's one of the best films that I've seen in a long time. And I will say, though, I am definitely biased to like it because it deals with early Hollywood. And early Hollywood tends to, you know, any film that deals with early Hollywood tends to, uh, automatically go up higher in my mind. That's why I love films 
Um, for instance, Brian Cranston was in a, a film not too long ago uh, that dealt with early uh, Hollywood Trumbo, um, which was a fascinating film. And, and I loved it, I think, more because of the fact that it dealt with that time. And that's why I love The Majestic, too, because it's not the best movie ever made, um, though I do think it's underrated. But it's because it deals with that early Hollywood, especially during that age of censorship and the the red, you know, the the hunting for communists and everything like that. Right. Little did we know right. that all we needed to do was wait until 2020 until the communists <laughs> literally have invaded all aspects of our culture and state and well, real quick, companies. Uh, I will recommend a, another YouTuber. His name is Hats Off Entertainment. Okay. And I started watching his channel about a month ago. Uh, he does a lot of uh, documentaries on older comedians, mm. newer comedians. Uh, I haven't watched the one he did on John Candy. Um, Love John Candy. But yeah, he did. I did not know this. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was originally supposed to be three to four hours. Oh, what? Oh, God. Thank yeah. God. Thank God it's not. <laughs> yeah. And there were people in his comments saying, oh, I would have loved to have seen a... And I was like, no, no, you wouldn't. Comedy should not go on that long. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, But he did one on a silent movie comedian a lot of people do not know about. Mm -hmm. uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. And I knew about Arbuckle because I love the silent era. You can barely find his films now. Arbuckle discovered Chaplin and Keaton. Wow. Hmm. Worked with them, and they were about the only two people in Hollywood that stood by him when he was on trial for murder. And he never should have been on trial. It hmm. destroyed his career. But the press was after him. They were just like, we have got to take him down. And we've seen that in our own times, haven't we? Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, this young woman was at a party that he gave. Uh, she got sick. He called for a doctor. Doctor treated her. A few days later, she died. They charged Arbuckle with murder. How they came to that, I don't know. But you had an overzealous prosecutor. Mm -hmm. and, That's all you uh, need. I mean, because I mean, look at look at Hollywood and how they still applaud and stand up for what's his name who yes. who had relations with a with a with an underage Child. girl. You know, mm -hmm. and yet he has, and that's the biggest problem with today is that Hollywood, I think, has gotten so big and so involved that now I think most of them are untouchable. Like I was yeah. amazed when when Weinstein got put away. I did not think that was, was going to happen. Um, I was too. And obviously, he was the sacrificial lamb, so that way everyone else yeah. could get away with it. You know. Yeah. Well, after three, I guess they had two hung juries. The third uh, trial, he was found not guilty. The jury apologized to him. Hmm. For, because they said your life has been destroyed yeah um it was a few years later warner brothers jack warner the founder of warner brothers hmm. hired him to do some talkies and hats off entertainment played a couple of, and they're funny if you hmm. like that kind of humor that it's very funny he had a great voice for talkies hmm. but unfortunately he died a few years after his, I guess, kind of comeback. Uh, and you, you imagine hard... that 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 whole experience probably took years off of his life. I imagine. I'm sure it did. Yeah. And he was heavy. They, I think the the hats off entertainment said he was 13 pounds when he was born. 
Oh my God. So his, so his mother had health issues. Yeah. Died from it. The father blamed him. Mm. Kind of walked out on him. So, and the wow. father is the one who called him fatty. He never liked being oh. called fatty. He liked being called Roscoe. So, yeah, that is what I would refer to him as. I've called him Fatty Arbuckle forever because yeah. I thought that was the name he went by in Hollywood. But no, I will always call him Roscoe. Man. So, but yeah, Hats Off Entertainment. Okay. If you're interested in old TV shows, old movies, old comedians like W.C. Fields or Laurel and Hardy or Avin and Costello, this is definitely a channel to check out. Okay. Very, very cool. Thank you very much, Tina. We have a couple of things to get to in the chat uh, before wrapping things up. Uh, I tried to respond to as many comments as I could. So if I don't read all of the members' comments, I apologize. But I did try to respond to them. But there's one really good one I wanted to start off with. And it's from Pat S. Uh, he says, The members need to make a list of 25 classic movies that Odin has to pick 10 from to watch in 2021. I actually really like that idea. Um, I don't know if you can organize that, Pat S. But if you can... I will I will gladly pick from a list of films that I've not seen, classic films that I've not seen. Um, Rosie G12 then asked, where can you watch Mystery Science Theater now? I didn't think it was still on. And then I think I saw Tina later answered, yeah, Pluto TV. Uh, Pluto TV mm-hmm. is great. It's free. And they have channels dedicated to a lot of things. There's a James Bond channel that, that's going on, like literally James Bond all day, every day. And there's also a Mystery Science Theater 3000 channel as well. Um and Nathan Slay asked, yeah, there's a film called Big Shark. And no, it is not any relation to Jaws. It's another film from Tommy Wiseau. And it's going to be gloriously bad. Uh, Alice McCarthy said one of my favorite comments. Ratfink is Einhorn. Einhorn is Ratfink. Yeah. Einhorn like is a man. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Einhorn is a man. I love that movie. Uh, Pat S says, "Manos, the hands of fate." Yeah, that's 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 one oh I've I've heard of. I've never actually sat all the way through it. That's for sure. Zakay oh, man. Uh, man, I saw this one earlier. Zakay man, shout out to you, good sir. He says they need a movie Santa versus Florida man. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. K man, starring are... drunk three PO. Yes, <laughs> drunk three PO has to be the Florida man. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, Rosie G12, yes, I know. I need to watch some Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have not seen any, really. Uh, again, oh, I, I've God. seen clips. I, I've seen images, but I've never actually uh, sat through and watched them all myself. Uh, Pat says that one day you'll wake up and say, hooray for Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, Rosie, oh, that's what we yeah. saw from Santa Claus uh, conquers the Martians. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rosie G12 then says, I need to watch it and enjoy it while having some, she said at first, beers, and then followed it up with pizza when I mentioned I was straight edge. Uh, Father <laughs> says, dis some, okay, I, I said I didn't know what this was before. Dis some somanumbatching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice holes like yourselves okay father again context is so important because it was already confusing and now i have no idea what you're trying to say anyway uh <laughs> and then pat s had mentioned santa claus versus the martians is also a christmas film i i would agree uh laura toth have a good night good sir um alan hale jr i don't know who that is 
Uh, Alan Hale Jr. is the skipper on Gilligan. Oh, okay, okay, yes. And his father, Odin, played Little John in Robin Hood with my mm, man. That's King. right, that's right, that's right. I'm so glad that you got me to see that film. I'm uh, glad too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake and Evox 76 says, The Mole People. This movie is just ropes and asses. <laughs> what? Is that the tagline? Because if that's the case, that's amazing. I hope not. <laughs> uh, Pat S. says, The Florida Project 2, Santa versus Orlando. Oh, the Florida Project. Uh, Alex Picard then made a wrestling joke. RKO from out of nowhere. I got it. Uh, and then the new number two says RKO 281. So I'm assuming that's that, the name. Yeah, that's it. 281. Yeah. yeah. And then Jake Buck76 says there's more cuts than Blade Runner. Cool. There's no. <laughs> and then he followed up with Jack the Ripper's final victim didn't have as many cuts as Blade Runner. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, sick burn. I guess it's been a long enough time where we can laugh about this, but ooh. Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. <laughs> I am too soon. Uh, Mr. Roy, I saw you in the chat, and again, I'm very sorry you have work tonight, man. I really, I wish we could have, <laughs> wish we could have worked it out so that you could have been here. Uh, but I hope work's going okay, and and thanks for stopping by, man. Shout out to you. He is also one of the chosen of Valhalla, so thank you for stopping by, good sir. Seventy uh, B then says uh, that she had to feed the pups for a second, and she says, "I was late with their supper. I hope they forgive me. I imagine they will. Oh. Dogs are very forgiving. I have actually both my dogs are right asleep in here." Thankfully, uh, dogs cannot tell time. Oh, so. gosh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, if you were to tell them it's it's dinner time, they'd be like, okay. Like, they give them breakfast an hour later. Hey, it's dinner time. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, works for me. Yeah, works for me. Okay. J.K.D. Buck says, Orson Unic... I think, was it meant to be Unicorn Wells? Or was it Unicorn? Yeah, he says I, I Unicron, and I'm like... <laughs> Probably wants to, to to actually be Unicron instead of Unicorn. Uh, yeah, I've read it as a Unicorn, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a great question about the movie uh, Cats and about the edition. Uh, J.K.D. Buck says, which Cats version? Butthole version? <laughs> or non-butthole version? 2020 is so bad, we have gotten two versions of Cats. Oh, oh, no, no, no. We, we, Okay. So the whole butthole version that that was that was a joke that wasn't actually true. But there are two versions of cats because they released the movie and I saw it what before they fixed it. I saw it with incomplete effects to the point where you actually still had non-cat people because they didn't finish the effects. So it was just people without the cat effects on them. That was what was released opening day and then by next weekend they had re-released the film with updated visual effects. Yep. That indeed happened. Pat S says, ugh, not Hail Caesar, least Cohen Brothers movie. I actually, yeah, I did, actually, I did not like Hail Caesar. Speaking of films I typically like with Hollywood, I was not a big fan of Hail Caesar. Um, it seemed yeah. like they did, they had like several B plots going yeah. on. There was too much going on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, Alex says a five hour cut of Billy Madison would be hilarious. I think a two hour cut of yes, I will go back to school would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, Pat S says fatty bottle, fatty bottle Arbuckle. Was that the full name? No, fatty. No, Ros- Roscoe fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> 
bottle? Fatty bottle art buckle is what I got from that. Uh, Wingster, yes, General Wingster. It was uh, Roman Polanski was the one I was talking about. That's the one that they still cheer. Yeah, because Gentry, they do not cheer uh, Woody Allen. So. No, they do not. Uh, they, they, they'll throw him under the bus, and he's fighting them tooth and nail, saying, nope, not to me. Oh, and real uh, yeah. on, uh, uh, oh, shoot. The cinema time, no, 100 Years of Cinema. That's another channel. Mm-hmm. The one who did the documentary about uh, Wells' Macbeth and Olivier's Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Do you know that because of a Macbeth that Polanski made in the early 70s, they didn't make another Shakespearean movie for like 15 years? Oh, because it was bad? They said everybody flipped because it was just so extremely violent and they showed a clip from it. And as Macbeth, I guess he's being, you know, he's being deposed. Yeah. And you see his head being lopped off. (laughs) And then it hits the floor, you know, because I was like, well, it didn't bother me any. It was kind of like Game of Thrones. But (laughs) I guess in the 70s. Game of Thrones um, with Shakespeare. A Pulaski version. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of think Roman was going through that whole my wife got massacred mm. phase of his. And But, yeah, I was like, they said they didn't make another Shakespearean movie until Branagh did uh, Henry V. Hmm. And that was in the 80s. Interesting. Thirteenth yeah. Warrior says, Pluto has a classic Doctor Who channel. Yeah, that's what I thought. They have a lot of really cool channels, to be honest. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Pat S says, I can. Let me set up a blind email and post it next chat. Start thinking members. Yeah, Pat S. Yeah, just share that with us. And because uh, I don't think y'all can post links, but uh, the Valkyrie can. And so they can they can get that out. Um, And yeah, that'd be really cool. And I'm sure that there's a yeah, way to get that set up. I know that um, Crowd Signal has a pretty good way of collecting. Um, Like that's what I normally do for the Raven Awards and everything like that. Um, and yeah, and I, we're going to have, I guess we're going to have to have a Raven Awards next year because they're still having an Oscar somehow, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, uh, and also I did see your comment earlier, Pat S about, uh, going through the, it's like, you think you said the AFI top 100 and trying to see at least 75%. Um, so I'll definitely try to do what I can. Uh, Rosie G12 has hearts for Errol Flynn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Father says, wow, Steph, Odin is plain ignorant. Wow, thank you, Father. <laughs> I saw that. Wow, Father. I was like, wow. Tell me how you really feel, Father. <laughs> Father then says, dumb cough. What? What? Context. Father, <laughs> Lord. Seriously, if I'm the king of context, he's the king of non-context? Who needs a better word for that? Rosie G12, Cats belongs on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes, it does. It- it totally could work there, not going to lie. Uh, and I think that's it. So let's go ahead then and just go around the horn with any last thoughts, last-minute things you want to shout uh, before calling this a stream a night. So first off, the K-Man. What you got? Uh, pretty much uh, mostly anything that I got coming up won't be until after the first of the year. Uh, okay. Trying to work on a new song which is kind of hard because of the fact that it's a different genre from what i'm used to recording so um, instead of rapping or hip-hop i actually have to be trying to use my vocals for actual singing on this one yeah that's right i remember you mentioning that last time so where are you in that process uh 
pretty much almost done with the writing part because uh, the instrumental, the melody and all that for it's completed. It's just more or less I got to finish up uh, one more verse for it. Okay. And uh, when do you think we'll probably see that? Sometime in January or maybe a little later? Probably a little bit later. Probably more along the lines of February, March because of the okay. fact that even if I got a got the writing part done mm-hmm. now, I still have to try to be able to get into a studio and have it yeah. recorded. And I was going to say that's that's going to be pretty tricky, especially unfortunately, especially in your area of the country, because uh, I imagine that that it'll probably still get still be pretty hard hit with with the lockdowns and everything. Uh, yeah, they they always trying to come up with new excuses. Uh, mm-hmm. Just recently, just few days ago came out of a lockdown and they trying to come up with excuses to try to bring us back oh yeah and i don't don't know how how much y'all follow this stuff but now uh out of the uk it's being reported that there's apparently a new strain of covid that is potentially more contagious than the previous strain and that the vaccine we currently have isn't enough like is it isn't going to work with this strain and the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, this this reads as a movie, as if it's like, oh, we're going to come up with something to keep everyone locked down. Like, I'm not saying that it's not true, because obviously these viruses do mutate and change. Like, that's a natural part of it. But the whole time I'm just like, really? We, we just found the vaccine and things are looking up, and now all of a sudden, oh, there's a new strain. Got to lock things down again. It's like, no. Uh, and I know that here in America, it's it's going to be very... Uh, it's going to be scary times if they try and, and lock down again, especially if there's an, if there's a new strain that makes its way over here. Good Lord. It, it, which will be bad because of the fact that uh, talking about the uh, story you had brought up at the beginning of the mm-hmm. stream, uh, I actually did look it up real quick, and that was days actually going up to the Capitol to bust in because uh, of the lockdown restrictions they want them lifted so we can finally start opening up the restaurants and stuff again yeah and they were they were having a a meeting that was meant to be for uh the public right public were supposed to have access to the meeting and then uh they showed up to protest and they were not allowed inside the building they kept trying to find their way in to the building they got pepper sprayed uh and obviously like i I feel like it's one of those things where i can see both sides of it because the group was very large many of the people were armed um and obviously they they had permits and stuff but still it's it's one of those things where it's yeah i could see why they'd they'd be hesitant um however it is sad to see you know especially in that area uh, you know cops willing to keep people from going inside a building where they have a right to go in to be present at a meeting and then also at the same time enforce unconstitutional measures given by governors etc you know it's just like especially when they're not even going to follow their own rules it just doesn't make any sense so anyway, uh, you can follow the K-Man on Twitter, and so I'll go ahead and post his Twitter uh, in the chat if you want to follow him, support him. There's links to his website, links to his album, and of course you can follow him over there, and you can follow for, let's see, the progress that he makes on this this new song coming up next year. So once again, the K-Man, thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, Tina, what you got? Uh... uh... I'm so glad that you all were having a great time with Mando. <laughs> uh, when I turned it on, I guess it was the day after the episode had dropped, and 
I was like, why is everybody in these thumbnails like throwing their hands up and they look like they're crying and you would think it was the second coming or something. And mm -hmm. then I found out and I was like, well, that's wonderful. But until Disney decanonizes uh, mm -hmm. the sequel trilogy, it's all going to lead down that path to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I think people now are saying, oh, Baby, baby cash grab is going to die. And I was like, yeah, baby cash grab probably is now. Thanks a lot, Luke. So that's, <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's about it. Okay. Uh, wish everybody Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. Happy. Well, I'll see you all tomorrow night, but mm -hmm. happy new year to you. And uh, hope you all enjoyed the movies that I listed and I know they're crazy sounding, but sometimes you just need a good laugh and they're fun. They're fun when you look at them that way. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to keep up with uh, Tina's film journeys, as I'm sure she'll go through even more uh, holiday <laughs> favorites, uh, you can follow her Letterboxd account uh, where she does keep track of the films she watches and her her quick reviews for them as well. And so if you want to keep track of that, I've just posted that Letterboxd account in there. And so, uh, yeah, Tina, thank you again for being one of the Valks, uh, for being the Empress of the Universe, and for, once again, uh, being present here and always being amazing. And uh, I always love the conversations and love hearing about these crazy movies that you watch. Um, and, and reminding myself, yeah, that's that tends to be why I try to avoid said movies, but that sounds like fun. They do sound well, like you, a lot of fun. <laughs> you do need to see Ice Cream Bunny yes. just once. <laughs> <laughs> that is one I think that is probably the most well-known or one, one of the more well-known ones because you know how yeah. they have like the midnight showings of these films? I, I feel like yeah. you have, you know, Trolls, you know, Troll 2 is always there. The Room is always there. And I want to say this, uh, the movie with uh, <laughs> Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny is also a film that is typically in that midnight format where it's a consistent film that people watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, and Santa Claus conquers the Martians. That's a, <laughs> that's a true classic. <laughs> absolutely. So thank you again for, for joining. Mm -hmm. It's always great. And then last but not least, we have Laura, Laura, any last minute things you want to say or anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout outs. Um, no, I've I've kind of like switched around my YouTube again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, a lot of people I've been following, I, I switched off. I just mm -hmm. too much Tim Pool for some reason. Uh, probably because I have the OMB report, so who needs <laughs> Tim Pool? You know. I yeah, I, I am still obsessed with Tim Pool. Uh, I his podcasts are so much fun. No, his his live podcast where he has guests in now is yeah. really good stuff. I don't, I mean the Alex Jones ones are still just <laughs> that dude's crazy, but so fascinating. I can't get over it. Are the frogs still gay? <laughs> Apparently, you're gonna put the chemicals in the water, turn the frogs gay. Turn the frogs gay. You just like never know when he's gonna go off. He's like, I know. Oh, he's rational. He's rational. The best okay. thing ever oh, is when they t is when they tell him to quiet down, and then he goes. Ah! And he just starts yelling and it's like oh gosh too much male <laughs> oh vitality alex too much male vitality <laughs> i just I, I love his live streams but i get addicted to like mm. his his uh daily reports mm -hmm. it's like bing oh, oh he's on i have to go watch i know <laughs> i know like... me too yeah <laughs> 
and it's funny because all of his um all of his videos are right at feeding times with the current schedule we have so normally it's like i'm feeding him and all of a sudden it's like oh i get to listen to a tim pool while i feed baby thor this is great (laughs) he's so he's so funny though it's like this could be a civil war, but I don't really think I it know. is. I know, but it could fe- possibly be. He's such a fence sitter. Like he'll go off and he'll say, "We're on the brink of civil war." Now hold on. Now hold on. Let me go back. <laughs> it's like you just said civil war. You can't go back from that, Tim. Come on, man. You know what I, I wanted to do is I wanted to like diagram his like live stream. Where he's like, <laughs> "We are at a juncture here. Civil war is coming." But. <laughs> Perhaps it's not. No, these sources over here. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I am pretty happy though uh, that I that I found him because now now for the OMB report, I love just using the whole NewsGuard certified thing because it really is. He he's kind of pointed out how like how much of a joke it is because it's like, look, this is certified. This is NewsGuard certified. Look at what it's saying, and and it's just like it's true. It's like okay, YouTube censor me. Are you gonna censor me with a NewsGuard certified story? Come on. But he's been it. in the game for a long time, so he yeah. knows how all that stuff works. Oh, yeah, for sure. And someone else had mentioned, uh, did you watch his last one with uh, China Uncensored? Mm-mm. Oh, it's very fascinating. It's this uh, channel that's been around for a while. It's got over a million subs. It's called China Uncensored. And it deals specifically with uh, the things that we know have happened in China. And they're basically one of the few channels that reports on the atrocities in China and like the influence of China as well. And it was a really cool discussion that they had. And then he's also got another channel called America Uncovered. And it's actually, it's kind of like Tim Pool where it's like a newsy type thing. But it's not a every hour on the hour. It's like every day, every two days he does a video. But it's also done in a satirical lens. And so I I, I like it because it's like Tim Pool gives me like the, like the, oh, we're on the brink of civil war. And then I go over to America Uncensored and it's like, oh, I'm going to tell you jokes while I talk about things that are actually happening. It's like, I like that. It's like a good mix. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you can't keep me at, like, peak awareness, like, all times. It's like, at yeah. some point, I just have to kind of go to work and come home and make dinner. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, can't be ready for Civil War at, like, all time. That's, yeah. That's a great bingo game. It's like, oh, yes. you know, Temple, Civil War, uh, <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> I will say, one of my favorite things that has come out of the whole uh, Alex Jones podcast is when he just, like, 90 times was, I am a gorilla. Murder yourself. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, seriously. Uh, but a- anything else that you want to say? Uh, no, I made it through the podcast. I'm awake. <laughs> I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, it's it's so much fun. I, I'd love to like, I go into work the next day and I just listen to the whole thing at like, regular speed which i never do i you know props to you odin because i listen to like um ben shapiro at double speed so you're one of the few (laughs) you're one of the few podcasts actually like slow down and listen to make sure i catch everything so (laughs) yeah i um it's so funny because in, in my head i'm speaking at like normal speed but it's so funny how many comments i've gotten in the past where it's do you can you slow down can you can you i feel like it's almost as if now I understand what it's like. Like, you know how with Alex Jones, he goes off on like 10 different topics and then they literally have to go, dude, slow down. Let's just fact check the first thing you said before we talk about the other nine things you said. And then it turns out like nine out of the 10 things he says is completely true. 
And, and it's like, this is why people think you're crazy, man, because you say things that are true, but then you go off on these tangents. And, and for me, I'm like, I bet that's what it's like. People are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I was back when you said hello, everybody. Now, now you're off talking about goodbye. And I'm like, wait, wait, there's something in between here we have to get to. But that's why I can't, I can't read anymore because it goes too slow. Mm, yeah. It's like, you know, you, you find yourself skipping ahead. It's like, okay, where's the important stuff here? It's yeah. Like, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think, the reason why I, I, I rely on channels like like Tim Pool or like China Uncensored in America Uncovered because it is also, and also I feel like now I found myself wanting more satirical content. So actually, you know, I would say kind of like in the same realm, I would recommend, have you ever heard of a guy called Andrew Heaton? Mm-mm. So he used to do work for Reason TV. Yeah, yeah, I remember Reason TV. And and so he would do that segment where it was it was almost weekly with Andrew Heaton. And he was a stand-up comedian and he would cover various things. And so he's got a podcast called The Political Orphanage. And oh, it geez. yeah, and so basically it's for people who don't feel like they have a political home, don't feel like the political parties fit them, but still have like ideas and want to change things and everything, but also want to have comedy. And so I, I've been listening to that as kind of a, like a palate cleanser, you know, making me like laugh a little bit. And he's also got one about pop culture with like movies and such called alienating the audience. And he's got a really <laughs> good one on ex machina. Uh, and they talk about AI and the film and everything. It's, it's really good. So anyway, Andrew Heaton, I highly recommend. And I see a lot of people cool. saying, Ladder with Crowder, ladder with Crowder. Yes, I do like Steven Crowder as well. Um, but unfortunately, I, I, I can't really usually ke- keep up with his um, his show because it's so inconsistent. Like, oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. I felt like I was crazy. I'd watch his show and I'd just be like, he'd talk, talk about a topic. Mm-hmm. And then he's like off on a and like tangent 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 yeah and it's not even it's not even even the because like that's one problem in the live shows but then it's like oh we have live shows monday through thursday and then a week goes by and he's got no streams or those skip days and stuff and i'm like no 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 if you're gonna have a schedule please stick to it i mean especially when you're this big and you have over five million subs and everything it's like stick to the schedule come on and sometimes i feel like when he he makes a joke about a subject it's like he he kind of goes over the line. It's yeah. like, I understand it's like, you know, you feel like you shouldn't have a line because you're a comic. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'm just like, dude, that's just not cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause even, even I'm actually the same way too. Cause there's a lot of the jokes that I, that I find funny, but then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Catholic. And so there's some things that I don't find as funny because I'm like, that is more offensive to me. You know, I still obviously am that person where it's like, I believe that you have the freedom to say that, but I also have the freedom to not find it funny. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like, to me, I think he abuses the whole comic thing. He, yeah. he feels like I'm wearing the mantle of a comic mm-hmm. so I can be as disgusting and offensive as I want. It's yeah. like, well, step one, you got to be funny, you know? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Absolutely. If, uh, if, if that's you pass what, the funny bar, I'll let you do whatever you want. Well, that's why his changed my mind segments are so different than his live shows because his changed my minds are there's comedic elements in it, but he's also talking about like facts and data and backing things up that he says and trying to really have good discussions. And yeah. then the live show, it's like discussions. But as you mentioned, right, it's supposed to be that kind of thing, right? It's supposed to be a a comedy talk show. But yeah, I feel like sometimes it, it goes it goes further into like the hard comedy that I'm personally comfortable with. But again, that's just my own personal preference. 
Yeah, I, I have a problem. The The main problem I have with Steven Crowder is, you know, he goes on campus and he's there in person. Yeah. But he is so physically large <laughs> that I found him like, you know, there, there are people there who are trying to express their opinion. And, it's you know, it's, it's pretty much the same opinion that most people on campus have. Mm-hmm. But he gets like so up in their face and mm-hmm. he has this like overwhelmingly physical presence. I think sometimes it's just kind of intimidating. Yeah. And and his voice will get like really loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I don't think he realizes he's doing it, but I'm like, dude, you need to like back up a bit. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, cause with the change in my mind, he's usually sitting. And I don't think it's as much of an issue, but I think it's the Crowder confronts that you're more talking about when like someone will say something online and will actually commit a crime online by threatening like violence against him mm-hmm. and stuff. But then he goes out of his way to confront them and walk up to them. And it's like, I get what you're trying to do, but I'm also like, I guess it's because my anxiety then gets up. Cause I'm like, I would never do that. <laughs> I would never mm-hmm. confront someone like that. I just, not my, not my cup of tea. So you wouldn't like get on a milk crate or a sofa and jump up and down and scream at people. I like, love her. Tiny, I love her. <laughs> tiny Tommy. <laughs> We're making movies. We're creating. We're, making movies. We're, We're creating jobs. <laughs> you know, you know like before I was talking about where like sometimes I don't understand what men see in, in a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. that sets them off. I don't think that a lot of times men understand just a large man like him mm-hmm. sitting at a table with a smaller woman and he like just him leaning in, mm. you know, or just him like raising his voice, his voice. And a lot of times he'll move closer Yeah. or his, you'll see him like kind of, uh, you know, how, uh, Hey, this isn't a, a great analogy, but yeah. like when a dog gets, um, aggressive, how oh, its yeah. entire posture changes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'll see him do that, and I'm just like, I don't think he realizes what he's doing, but yeah. it just is physically very uncomfortable. I think that's why you would actually probably enjoy China Uncensored and America Uncovered because the guy doing it is a much, <laughs> he's like, like a, almost like a small Weasley character, and that's what makes him funnier because he's just like, hi, everybody. I don't know. There's <laughs> something about it. <laughs> But thank you, Laura, for, for being here. You're it's welcome. always great to have these discussions. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for being here. It just as kind of a wrapping up. Uh, it says Rosie G says, Odin, that uh, or said the trouble with standing in the middle of the road is that you get hit by traffic from both sides. Uh, talking about Tim Pool there, uh, fence sitting from time to time. Uh, oh, Thatcher had said that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Bruce says Tim Pool really does walk the line to stay on the air. I think that's definitely the point is that he, he – I, I that's why I can't wait for him to have his um have have his proprietary site and do that exclusive content because I kind of want to see like what he if he's ever going to share like what he actually thinks and go in a, more of an uncensored way and not have to worry about the YouTube censors in that way. Uh, uh, Preserver Culture had mentioned I got to meet China Uncensored folks when I was in Hong Kong last year. They were really nice. They look really like they look like people I would love to have dinner with. Like I, I imagine the stories and the conversations that we could have would be great. Uh, ZK man in the chat says, I like Tim pool to get the stories I missed, but aggravates the hell out of me with his milk toast self. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's at least self-aware, but yeah, it definitely can get annoying from time to time. Cause it's one thing to say, uh, civil war and then go, eh, not really pick one, Tim. Come on. <laughs> uh, Bruce. Yeah, it is. It is. 
Uh, Bruce says, I'm going to rewatch Ex Machina after the stream. It's a great film. It really is a great film. Father says, hard to believe that he's still going. Uh, who? Uh, Steven Crowder or me? Uh, it you. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is past my bedtime. You are correct about that. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm West Coast tired. I mean, I'm tired. I must say, you, you still got plenty of night left over there. <laughs> Rosie G says, if you can talk the talk, you got to be able to walk the walk. That's a that's a fair point. Uh, Bruce says, I suggest a movie called Morgan. Very good. Check it out. Oh, is that the one with... Uh... I'm thinking of the wrong film. I was thinking of the film with Schwarzenegger when his daughter's a zombie. I don't think that's Morgan, though. Um, and Bruce says the 2016, 2016 film. Maybe that is... I, I don't know. Rosie G, but doesn't that make Poole a kitty cat? <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. And I, I actually really like his... I find him to be one of the more uh, persons of integrity where I, I, I feel like I can trust what he's telling me, if you know what I mean. Like, because he is Milktoast fence sitter, it makes me think, it makes me, I guess, believe what he has to say more so than anything else, which might be his tactic is to say more people will trust me. Um, but I do like that he is very clear about his biases. Um, and I think that's a very important thing uh, when one has them. Okay. Well, that is the chat, everybody. Thank you all so very much for being here in the chat. It's been great. Members, thank you so much. Non-members, again, uh, sorry, but obviously uh, tonight would have gone even longer uh, if if that uh, if that was the case. And it's not that film, says Bruce. Uh, shout out to Riff Magos, CM Shazam, Fat Steven Seagal, Beat Up, CDPR, Dean <laughs> uh, Approved, and of course, Rosetta Allen. Uh, for your super chat tonight. And again, Rosetta Allen, uh, shout out to you. Hope you're feeling better and a happy early birthday. We will indeed have a show tomorrow with the One Man Low Council, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that will definitely be the last stream we have before Christmas. And I don't know if I will be on the Friday Night Tights. I think we're planning a Christmas stream, but I don't know if I'll be uh, there for that for obvious reasons. But we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it. Maybe I'll be on for a little bit. Um, but with that being said, uh, any last minute things from any of the panel? Just that I am starting to think Tom Cruise was in a room by himself and ranting and then <laughs> quote unquote leaked it. And now everybody's talking about his movie. Mm, conspiracy. I'm like, mm. Tommy. You know, you could have taken that half million dollars that you put on Mission Impossible 500 (laughs) and given it to some shelter or food bank or something. Because if I want to see Mission Impossible 500, I'll just go look at the 499 that came before it. (laughs) Or the TV show. Go watch. There is a Mission Impossible channel now on Pluto TV. Go watch it. It's intelligent. And they all work they all work together. It's not like I'm Tom Cruise and there's there, the there. There, there is com- camaraderie in the movies. He has a team. He also <sighs> just does a lot of crazy stunts, which I, I personally like. And, I know. And I, I respect. But I, yeah, I, think, I will yeah. defend Tom Cruise on this. I won't defend Tom, him on a lot of things, but I will defend Tom, him on Tom this. Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Cruise. No, but... don't be mean to Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> But no, I've talked to a couple of people, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm starting to think that too." So, wouldn't yeah, that be that's... wouldn't that be interesting if 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 we found out? Oh, 
Um, he wasn't. He wasn't actually screaming at anyone, but <laughs> whoever was taping it. So the security I, footage. But, the security footage comes out, and it's just literally him alone in a room, and the <laughs> night vision's on, and you're just like. <laughs> He was screaming at the mirror. He thought exactly. Was- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would make me so happy. And also, it would fit the 2020 narrative that we have of people just going crazy. <laughs> yes. It yeah. would be very well, he's 2020. Always been crazy. He's, he's always been crazy. So, all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and with like, that, we say, away with she's that. like, good night, everybody. We are. Uh, before we do go, though, I want to shout out some people. So, Ali C83, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Chat Reviews, Adam Avery, The Bosco 2000, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all for being my members at the Army of Asgard and Keeper of the Bifrost level. Shout out once again to Zekeman, to Tina, and of course to Waiting for Nerdrotic, Laura, for yeah. being here, for being my chosen, having a good time. I hope everyone watching the stream had a blast. I know that I did, and I know that I am also ready to go to bed because it is past <laughs> my little bedtime. But anyway, <laughs> I, I am. Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> I feel like old man Gary sometimes, and I wait. I don't. Where am I? Huh? Yeah, uh, old, yeah. Old man Gary just cuts himself off. And eats people. <laughs> Good night, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you guys are all great. Thank y'all so very much for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. See you all tomorrow. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout-out to all of my December Patreon and Subscribestar members, starting off with Patreon, Albertus Magnus, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brian P., Dion, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Mela, Hail to You Father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, The Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jay, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Kenneth Cameo, Laura Story, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mike Jackson, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Outpost Dyer, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Miss Martin Muses, also known as Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojand, Tina B, and the modern major general, Laura Story. Gotta give you that shout out for that one time that you were doubled up. Thank you very much for being my Patreon members. And now a huge shout out to all of my December Subscribestar members we have over there with Stan4, Perpetual Punster, Robert Revo, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, Darkstar57, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., US888209 Fast, Dean Heiss, J-Rod the Beer Guru, Nevadon G. Adams, and ZK Man. Thank you all so much for being my Patreon and Subscribestar members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every video and live stream on the main channel, please consider joining over on those platforms. You can also get access to things like exclusive giveaways of 4Ks, Blu-rays. If you want a DVD, I guess you could also get a DVD as well. Uh, Digital codes. And, of course... 
you get to possibly join me on the channel once a month for the Chosen of Valhalla live stream and access to an exclusive podcast featuring John the Flick Pick Flickinger, where we have a lot of fun talking about movies and tons of other random things. Anyway, if you want to support these things, check out the links in the description of this video. And also, please consider joining my other channel, The OMB Report, where I talk about not just movies like I do over here, but I focus more so on politics, news, and culture in that order. You guys are all amazing. Thank you for your love and support. Have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless.